potential has this amazing energy in it that you can see optimism at all times, mm -hmm. right? It's potential to change. It's potential to grow. It's a potential to achieve. And whatever it is, it could be a minuscule little goal or objective, but you have the potential and therefore the energy to achieve it. And that's the beauty of this sort of energy of potential. We are the only creatures that can set a future thing, a potential, and then change to become it. But what if someone doesn't believe in themselves? Because you're saying basically that you should just assume you have the potential. And what if someone is like, I don't think I have it, but I want this thing. Then you look backwards and see where you've come from because you've come from something. You've grown from something. You've fallen forward from somewhere. Or you find someone who's done it in challenging circumstances mm -hmm. and you just decide Mentors, if they, yeah. right? Like if we can't look up to ourselves, maybe that's why we're on this planet together to look to each other for those permissions. Yeah, and having know. those conversations with each other back to the, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, what do you believe about yourself? Uh -huh. And usually the opposite of that is the answer. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. After an extended break, the ever so popular Coach's Corner edition of the podcast is not only back, but growing, growing in scope, growing in scale, because today we have not one Olympian, not two Olympians, but three Olympians on deck, a panel of past podcast phase that include, of course, endurance legend and Coach's Corner OG, Chris Houth, swimmer Caroline Burkle, who made her Coach's Corner debut in April of 2021, and track and field turned marathon superstar and my Malibu triathlon relay teammate, Alexi Pappas, who fans will fondly recall from her wildly popular appearance in episode 579 back in February of 2021. For those new to the pod, Chris is a sub nine hour Ironman champion, a former Olympic swimmer and professional triathlete. He's a veteran of many an ultra endurance challenge. He's my Otolo swim run world championship teammate and one of the world's most respected endurance coaches. Caroline, AKA Burks, is a former elite competitive swimmer and Olympic medalist with 23 All-American titles, two NCAA individual victories and NCAA female swimmer of the year accolades to her name. She runs RISE, which is a mentor program that pairs Olympic athletes with young elite athletes for support and guidance. And finally, Alexi is a runner, an award-winning writer, poet, actor, and filmmaker. In addition to setting the Greek national record in the 10,000 meters at the 2016 Olympics, Alexi has co-written, co-directed, and co-starred in three feature films and authored the best-selling memoir, Bravey, which is this beautiful primer on self-actualization, surviving trauma, and pursuing disparate dreams. Few things to mention about the context and the conversation to come, but first. We're brought to you today by Momentus. Over the last 16 years, I can safely say that I have tried almost 
every single plant-based protein out there. And I can tell you that most of them are highly processed with tons of additives and or they taste terrible, they're not third-party tested or simply just don't hit the nutritional bullseye with a legit science-supported formula with the appropriate amino acid profile that promotes optimal nutrient absorption, which is all just a long way of saying how enthusiastic I was to be introduced to Momentus's 100% plant-based protein, which solves for all of the above and then some with a precise blend of pea and rice proteins, which yields a complete amino acid profile, tastes great, and has become my go-to to ensure my body is supplied with energy for proper recovery and function. Momentous products are simply the best in the industry, which is why they're used by over 90% of NFL teams, by Olympians, Tour de France champs, and world-class athletes across every sport. With all the BS in the supplement world, I trust Momentous's industry-leading quality standards and quality. Try Momentous for yourself by going to livemomentous.com richroll for 20% off plant-based protein and all of their top-of-the-line products. That's L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S dot com slash richroll for 20% off. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go. Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm going to tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois 
fittingly named Go. And it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own N.A. beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia. And he shared this story with me. I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but Basically, you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code RICHROLL for 15% off your first purchase. Okay, Coach's Corner. So Coach's Corner is back. And the idea behind today's episode is to get your heart, mind, and soul correct as we enter 2022 and really just help set you on a path to not only achieve your goals, but more importantly, put you on a healthy trajectory to becoming the better, more self-actualized you within. So that's a long way of saying that this is not your average kick in the pants, new year, new you narrative. Today we go beyond the tired tropes and the well-trodden path to get to the heart of how we evolve and grow. So strap in, take notes and enjoy. You shouldn't have introduced On this us. day. I like how we did you this shouldn't big. shouldn't have introduced us, Listen, but you did. I know. I knew you guys would be besties. <laughs> Here you are. The coach's corner is metastasizing. It used to just be Chris and I. We introduced Caroline. Now we have Alexi. Who knows what's going to happen next time? It's going to be like 10 people here. But we're all here. I, uh, I feel uh, <laughs> like I'm laughing because we did a Zoom call to kind of wrap our heads around what we wanted to share and talk about. Um, and create kind of an outline out of that. And then I'm the only one who's got the outline in front of him right now. <laughs> We're winging it. So, yeah. <laughs> so much for that. But anyway, great to see you guys. Uh, it's been since April, I think, that we've done a coach's corner. So it's high time we convene. And it's that time of year again, that time of year where everybody's wrapping their heads around their goals, the whole like new you, new year thing. And I think part of the intention for today is to help people get their their minds, bodies, spirits um, prepared for the new year and help people get on the right track to achieve those goals. At the same time to sidestep or kind of upend that well-trodden but misguided path that we've all heard around how you achieve goals. and. Um, the way in which you set goals and to instead have a little bit more of a nuanced discussion that's much more about intention, planning, execution uh, in the context of not just setting and achieving goals, but really self-actualizing based on things like values. Mm -hmm. How about that, right? Mm -hmm. So where do you think we should begin? But also with all the start and stop of the last two years, Right, like even last year, New Year's, 
we came out of it here in California where it's like, all right, shut down again. Mm-hmm. So all your intentions maybe for going to the gym, which you couldn't, or you know, a certain workout routine, you were sort of limited in the next shutdown. So we've had a lot of stop and go and this whole back and forth. And how do we deal with that as well? Like who coming out of this or are we not coming out of this? Mm-hmm. So, Well, if, if studying poetry taught me one thing, it was like creativity within bounds. And I feel like all of us had to like realize that there were so many constraints, but there was still a lot that we could do within that if if we chose to. And what's interesting about this this coach's corner, besides the fact that I'm here, is that I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> is that no, this is like the first it feels like a new year where maybe the constraints will loosen, but also may, maybe we're still mm-hmm. in it. Like we don't, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Which we means know we all have to be a little bit more resilient. And I think getting clarity on those values and what's important to us is much more important so that we're robust in the face of, in the face of like external things that don't go our way. Like if you're, if you're not convicted or you're not entirely clear on what it is you're trying to do and the gym shuts down and you're like, well, so much for that. Like, mm-hmm. and you just abandon it, then that's a pretty flimsy relationship with the thing that you're trying to manifest. Mm-hmm. I like that because I think there's a lot, like we've been talking about the stop and start. And that is all a part of what our bodies also experience through this too. I think a lot of people are just dysregulated and not sure which direction to go and have, have a direction. But then, like you said, they go that direction and something else happens and pivoting can be difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, the recalibration we talked about on the our recalibration. Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just sets the theme, right? That I keep bringing up. And that is really coming to a point where you understand or think about or go through a process of who you want to be and what is being and what is that next version of you that you're looking to become for yourself. I mean, Alexi, you said choice. You said we choose and that we chose. Choice is a big word in there because it's who we choose we want to be versus who we are currently and what what that might be. Was that healthier? Is that fitter? Is that um, growth from a, a different perspective? But who we want to be sets that all up. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's the you know never ending deep hole of, of personal inquiry, but certainly the most important question in all of this, because I feel like this is the time of year where you hear a lot about, okay, you're gonna set a goal and here's how you achieve it. You put it on the calendar, you work mm-hmm. backwards, you create accountability, you establish a plan, you break it down into chunks that are digestible every single day and you have a community of people who keep you honest and you celebrate the small wins. Like this is not an information problem. Like That's this information is readily proof. available. Just, yeah. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. So today I wanna go beyond that because it really is about that question of who are you becoming or who do you wanna be? Um, and to answer that I think is, is, is both simple but difficult um, and it requires a level of self-honesty and, and reflection that may be new to a lot of people, right? Like how do you even begin that process and why is that important to create the foundation for figuring out what you wanna do this year? Mm-hmm. How do you answer that question? 
You're talking more about like values and the way you want to feel and the kind of person you want to be as a, it, it's it's almost like intangible. So you're not driving towards a specific goal that you could see on paper. And I think that's almost important to talk about um, first because as athletes, we're really, really trained to have a tangible goal. And that those aren't bad. Like we had standards we needed to hit. We have races or, you know, specific things. But I feel like where a lot of us have evolved is knowing that that sometimes that's not the only kind of goal to have. And when before we dive into how do we do this, I think what is it, who, the type, who are we is, is what you said. What does that mean? And I think it can mean more than just a tangible result. Yeah, just to piggyback on that, I mean, the the you need tangible goals, but those goals need to be a reflection of that self inquiry, right. so that they're they're aligned, right? And I think a lot of people sort of spontaneously or reactively set goals without a lot of reflection around like why that might be important or not important to them, and then invest a ton of time only to find out they're chasing the wrong goal because they didn't engage in that initial process. And Chris, I'm sure you've trained a lot of people who aren't clear on why they've decided that this is the thing that they're chasing after. Um, and a lot of people are you know, chasing towards goals, but ultimately running away from maybe the most important thing that they need to be looking at because it's easier to distract yourself with a goal and convince yourself that that's important because to really unpack whatever it is that, that truly needs to get addressed inside of yourself is, is too mm -hmm. scary or too intimidating. Yeah, and a big, hairy, audacious, scary goal looks great on paper. It looks great to tell other people about. Mm -hmm. It fills and checks all the boxes that make you feel really invigorated, let's say at this time of year in January, where you're looking ahead and this is who I wanna become, sort of playing with the words that I just said. But the challenge around that is if, like you said, if it's not aligned with your values and your principles, you're creating a shadow self of yours, right? That can't be actualized and integrated in who you actually are. If you're a different person as a, as a parent, as a working professional and all your other self-care or interest things. And then all of a sudden you create this alter ego of an athlete. Sure, there's some aspects of that that can help you become better in your other versions, but that can't be completely differently aligned with mm -hmm. your own personal values and what you stand for. And I find oftentimes that does come up because it looks great on paper, or you see the website for a crazy ultra run in the mountains where you're just on the edge of a cliff and you're like, that looks like an amazing adventure. I wanna do that. And then you realize, well, hey, I don't have the hours to train for this. I have to give up all the values of being a family man and being there for my kids' soccer games on the weekends. But also, you know, I work for a living and life keeps getting in the way and now I'm completely sidetracked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a, a, a 
a self-exploration, also an understanding what you can give, who you want to be, what I've talked about with regards to an athlete mission statement. So you realize who do I wanna be as I'm this athlete, as I'm on this journey? Am I going, what am I gonna sacrifice? What am I not gonna sacrifice? What kind of boundaries am I gonna create for myself so that I can actually fulfill this promise to myself, this goal to myself? And I don't really like goals because it sets up this black and white thing, <laughs> right? We talked about this last mm -hmm. time. And so in order to achieve that desired outcome. And once you start narrowing that down and understanding yourself better, like you just said, that you have a higher likelihood of success of not only achieving the desired outcome, but also learning a ton about yourself along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can, you can almost layer uh, a little bit of 12 step program over this. So you begin the way I'm understanding you're thinking, Chris, is you begin with getting clear on what your values are. So maybe you write them out. My values are I wanna be, or it's important to me to be a present parent and a good partner and a provider or and fit and healthy and somebody who- But what? why? Yeah, right. So, right. But, so understanding right, why right, that's right. important to and me. Going, yeah, so going behind that to understand why that's important, yeah. of course. Um, and then, but once you're kind of clear on that, then you can do an inventory on your actions and your behavior today to see how much it aligns with those values and we'll all identify places where we're not we're not measuring up right so in that conversation around becoming it's like okay my goals should be oriented around moving me towards greater alignment between um, the values that I aspire to inhabit and where I'm currently falling short. And to the extent that a race or something fitness or endurance oriented, you know, kind of meets up with that, then that would be evidence that maybe that is a good goal to pursue. Or a stretch or something mm -hmm. from yeah, a growth Yeah, a little bit beyond your or, capabilities yeah. in yeah. the moment. I think the, and, and just going off of all of this, one of the questions I was asked literally right after our Zoom call the other day from, a good friend was how do you set a goal for the future while remaining in the present moment? Like kind of what both of you are saying, like how can you take what you're doing right now and understand the steps to get there? So that's like the general question I think that we can all ask ourselves is, okay, you wanna go do this epic race or you wanna, I don't know, uh, go to grad school or, or whatever it is that you wanna do, but then how can I do that right now? I think that's a, that's a point of, I don't know, contention's the right word, but it can be confusing for people. And that's do where I the have the skills right now? Out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, do I have the skills? Like, can I do that? Do mm -hmm. I think about this future point now? Or am I supposed to set a goal for where I'm at right now today? I think to answer that part of it is there seems to be a fear with your friend that this goal is either like unachievable because of who they see themselves as right now, or that they might change enough so that that wasn't the appropriate goal when they get to that point of a culmination. And I think, um, look, Rich said at the beginning, this coach's corner was didn't happen uh, since last April. And I think that's really appropriate because I think that there are periods of time when we set goals and then a period mm -hmm. of time where we're just like executing, executing yeah. suspending our disbelief and being in the in the incubator of it and um, putting in the work. Mm -hmm. And I think for your friend, like the important thing is, there's probably a million other responses to this, but what I'm seeing is like, give yourself a reasonable period of time to chase a goal, but don't 
plan too far in advance. Mm-hmm. I think for those listeners, we I don't want to decide who I am in five years from now because I will probably limit myself from who I really could be. And so I think I've always tried to plan like a year in advance at the most mm-hmm. because I know that I'm going to outgrow my shoes and, and I can't even see the possibilities. Right. And so when we're talking here about goals, I think it's important that people have a balance of setting goals and also being open to what the universe is going to bring them. And that means that this value conversation is even more important because when opportunities come our way, we know how that factors in with our values that we have set for ourselves as opposed to the goal we set for ourselves. I think important there though, is also to understand when we talked about this is that goals are not the outcome. Mm -hmm. They're not their North star. They're not the end point. They're objectives along the way to continue to go follow your, you know, inspiration, your curiosity to continue to grow. And you set a goal along the way to to validate that you're heading in the right direction Mm -hmm. down your path, whatever your path is. And part of that has to be a curiosity that comes with that. So if you're getting a curiosity for grad school, let's pull it away from athletics for a moment. And you just always have this sort of, this whisper within you, like I should go to grad school. I'm really curious to learn more. I really wanna um, specialize in this field and so forth. If that keeps coming up, that curiosity tied with your interest, you could even call it passion, that's gonna create a lot of energy into that direction. And yeah, in your day-to-day life, there's many things you can do to further yourself, maybe not this tangible action that we see, let's say in training. Because I worked out today, I'm a step closer to that goal. Maybe it's, I got a good night's sleep. Maybe mm-hmm. I read about that mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I'm cleaning up my nutrition. Maybe it's spending time with my family so that when the weekend comes around, I have an extra hour to train. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, you continue to grow towards, again, that North Star, that purpose you're heading towards with goals along the way. Do you yeah. think people don't relish enough in those little steps? I agree. Like yeah. what's going 100%. on? I think the, yeah. the awareness isn't, like it's the awareness piece where you're aware of, the, the things that make you curious. You're aware of what you are doing. Like some, yeah. sometimes, I mean, I'll go a week without counting one thing I've done to get to where I want, quote unquote, to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you just go and you do it and you forget to actually relish in the moment and become aware of what's going on in your present moment that you are doing well or that you can do better. I think that awareness piece is huge when it comes to goal setting and striving for what you want. Um, so yes, I think at least for me, I know personally, I forget all the time to take a second, pause, sit back and be like, okay, this is today. Maybe it didn't go the way I wanted it to with work or life or whatever, but here are the things that I did do so that I can get closer to living in my values of the place that I want to be. And that can change every week, I feel like, you know, it's going to pivot, it's going it's to change. It's a muscle. It's but a muscle it's practicing you, you train. the awareness of, yeah. I'm it's just gonna take a pause for a second and, and reflect on that. Everything worth paying attention to emanates from your curiosity and your imagination, but we're in a culture that doesn't really prioritize or value the exploration mm-hmm. of your curiosity as anything mm-hmm. meaningful. So I think a lot of people, you know, we all have these curious moments but I think very few people take those seriously. We just dismiss them or we say, well, that's crazy, or I don't have time, or this is not who I am, or, mm-hmm. or they scare us. So we kind of push them down and move on. 
Um, and to your point, Alexi, the idea of like valuing those and saying, how can I breathe just a tiny bit of energy into that? If it's grad school, I can go on the internet and you know look at a couple schools and just find out what the admissions requirements mm -hmm. are, like a tiny little action mm -hmm. that nobody would say, wow, that's a big step in the right direction. But that's just, you're, you're like fertilizing your little plot of land with energy. And then it's easier the next day to say, maybe I should find out how much this costs or when is the application due and what am I gonna have to do in order to submit it? All of those things, you know, each day that passes where you do a little task like that, it becomes a little bit more and more real and also more believable. Like, oh, yeah. I'm already doing this. So maybe I am somebody who could do this thing. It's almost like the little tasks that we complete along the way should be more like the three point shots and the other things should get like two points, you know, mm -hmm. like it should be mm -hmm. like a bigger deal to us, but we are gonna have to assign a different value to those little tasks that you talked about. And I don't know why, but what you kept saying about like curiosity makes me think about like curiosity, following your curiosities feels like following your instincts, right? Like those are siblings, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think of them as a little bit different, but go ahead. You think they're different? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think that they're more related than curiosity is related to like discipline and like making decisions ahead of time. And I think when, when we, this is, might seem abstract, but when we talk about chasing a goal, often the association is like discipline, discipline, discipline. And I think we're a little overwrought with like the furrowed brownness that that comes with. But when you talk about setting your values and then being able to follow your curiosities like this, it feels more closely related to following your instincts. And so often the things standing in our way, I think from like really achieving a goal for the right reasons is doing it for the wrong reasons, which might be closer related to discipline. I know this sounds, I'm just gonna root it in something specific. I chased my Olympic dream, I think, strongly because I wanted to run away from a really challenging experience mm -hmm. with my mom and her mental health and taking her own life. And I wanted to be successful and happy because it's what I thought she was not. And what I found when I got there was that achieving an Olympic dream was amazing and wonderful, but it never solved that internal problem. However, in my recent race in New York City, that felt like as big of a deal to me as the Olympics because I had come off a huge surgery in my hamstring and I was really nervous and I knew I couldn't race. I knew I could run. And I ran the thing like a Broadway star dancing through the streets and I entirely followed my instincts. And if I had followed like my discipline of what I should do as an athlete, I wouldn't have run well because I wasn't ready to. And I also wouldn't have had that experience that was so euphoric for me as a person. And I actually outgrew my fear of becoming my mother because I did my most instinctual thing. And sorry to just share this. No, 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 it's okay. it's I think it's, it's a great, great example. Because it's, uh, it's a great example. Yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I always associated anytime I was eccentric or a little bit strange, as her territory, which felt very dangerous to me. And my whole life, I feel I've been constructing a path for myself, goals that take me away from her world because I don't want to want to die. And in that moment, I just decided to lean into my most curious mm -hmm. instincts. And that was the best iteration of my race that day. And it also allowed me to show myself that I could be as close to her as probably I've ever been in my life. And I didn't, it didn't fail me. 
And so I don't know where that leaves us here, but I just wanted to share that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's beautiful. Right. I think yeah. there's a finer point about instincts though, because it would be equally instinctual for you to have not done that because of your fear around becoming like your mother, right? So I think having, that's gut. Yeah, what she, she right. is coming from her so gut. So like, but what's the difference between gut and instinct, right? I think, I think gut is the whisper, is your path mm-hmm. that you don't even, that subconsciously knows which way to go. Right. And developing who you are independent of your mother. Distinguishing whereas, those two exactly. is a fine art though, yeah. because a lot of people will say, my instinct or my gut is to do this thing, thinking that's a trustworthy impulse, mm-hmm. when in fact they're unaware that they're reacting to some past trauma or they're using it to hide for, it's like, an, it's a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna repeat the pattern. That's what my gut is telling me to do. That's not really the higher self trying to emerge and, and you know whisper to you that like you could be more. So I think part of this question or exercise in asking yourself, who do you wanna be is about that journey towards wholeness or self-actualization such that you can get to the place where you have cultivated sufficient awareness where you can trust those instincts or that gut, as opposed to being concerned that that instinct is actually some old pattern, you know, trying to get you to do the thing that you always do. So in sobriety, like that's the whole thing. Like when you're newly sober, it's like, you need to run all your decisions by somebody else because your instinct is is the thing that got you into this problem. And you can't really trust your instincts right now. You need a bunch of people Mm -hmm. to help you make better decisions until you've grown enough to where that becomes a trustworthy relationship again. What did you trust your instincts again then? Like what was I mean, it's like a it's a sliding scale. It's a Mm -hmm. slow thing. And there's still things that, you know, there's still decisions that I run by lots of people because I'm like, I don't my I'm like my gut's telling me I should do this. And then if 10 people who I really trust are like, no, that's a bad idea, then I need to look at myself and try to figure out like why my instinct is telling me to do this thing that everybody says I shouldn't. And sometimes my instinct's right and I shouldn't listen to those people. Mm -hmm. And other times they're 100% right and they save me from, you know, doing something I shouldn't be doing. This okay, there's a thing in nature that is exactly what you're doing, which is that I was taught that I used to feel really bad when I asked for reassurance from people, like because I thought it meant I was self-conscious or I couldn't do it myself. And yours seems to be coming from like a background of awareness and what you overcame, but I was told that the wolves in the wild that are very deadly to each other, they travel in these packs they are constantly like nudging, rubbing mm-hmm. each other's noses mm-hmm. and nudging each other to say like, hey, it's okay, you're safe. And therefore like we humans are meant to do that with each other, even if we didn't have like the experience you had with addiction, like we're supposed to like reassure each other and have our wolf packs. And I feel like it's important to say here because so often on these new year's resolutions, you feel like I go alone and I will do my task and everybody will do theirs in their lane, you know? Or I will come out of the <laughs> right. spring and new me and help. nobody will recognize right. me. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And really we need each other. So it's important to say that. No, that's a, yeah, that's a beautiful important. point for sure. And I think failing along that path of understanding your instinct and your gut is part of the process, you know? And I think to your point about your Olympic journey and going through that, I'm sure you failed more times trying to trust your gut than you can remember. I know I did when I completed my career, it's like one thing after the next, trying to prove, 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 and failing to uh, an extent to where I could 
understand that this is a reaction to the past and this is not what I'm going for in the, in the future. So I think, again, it's just stepping back and pausing and, and taking a second to take inventory of what is my gut telling me? Is that the past? Is it the present? Is it the future? I, I do this little, this is very cheesy, but um, with our athletes that we work with, we have these little stick figures, past, present, future. And part of the check-in at the actual session or what our mentors do with the athletes is saying, where's the head? And the athlete will draw the head on the stick figure of where they are that day, whether it's living in the past, living in the present. And I like get so emotional talking about it because it's so cute, because it's so simple. Yet we don't pause enough to sometimes recognize where are we actually? It's where is our attention? Where so, is our attention? And that's yeah. that's very important here to think about not just what we're doing on paper, because you could be a chef in the kitchen delivering all the things you're delivering, but your mind is on fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm always like, the chef really wants to be a fashion designer. <laughs> but I need to go to CVS and get those beads. <laughs> he's, uh, he's acknowledging for everyone my beautiful beads that I'm wearing today. But so wait, that's really what you're saying with the heads yeah. is part of setting all these goals or stepping into the future is really being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. about where our attention truly is versus where do we want it to be? And then how do we create an environment where we can shift our attention if it needs shifting? Yes, and like that was a total tangent I just went on, but that's exactly my point is like- That's why we're a good team. Yeah, that's so great, good teamwork. (laughs) But that's, that's exactly, I mean, to your point too, of trying to follow this path of how do I get to a goal? It's like, again, are we pausing? Where are we? What space is our head in? Are we actually present? Is our head and our body actually in the same location? But Most that can be overwhelming. Like very even overwhelming. What, what Rich yeah. said before is like, all right, once we've aligned everything and we've done this and we've checked our gut and we now we're doing this, like people might go, forget it, I'm out. Like right. that's a lot to check. I just want to run a marathon, like leave right. me alone. So it, it, you know, it's it's again, it's what defining who you want to be. I know I keep coming back to that, but if it's just like, you know what, this isn't has, doesn't have to go that deep. I just want to run my first marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, what do I need to do to do to you know do that successfully? And you know, I work sixty hours a week, so how am I going to run a marathon? And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I can go through these steps that you were describing, or I could just start running and training and figuring it out. And mm-hmm. the important thing is not take myself so seriously, mm-hmm. not put these sub three hour, sub four hour Boston qualifying goals on it, and just see who I become along the process, who I become along the journey, because then you're going to get back to values and identifying and awareness. You're gonna notice these shifts where it's like, huh, I really like that Mm -hmm. part of the training. Mm -hmm. I really liked the strength work. I really liked the long runs. And you start defining, all right, there's the curiosity to maybe follow. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with more Coach's Corner in a second, but first. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is gonna be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a Birch mattress. 
Fairtrade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic Fairtrade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years. And I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive. And the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. Meditation has been a recurring theme on this podcast, dating back to its beginnings. And in conversation always leads people to asking me about the best way to begin. There are no shortage of modalities of resources and apps available. I have experience with many of them, but my mainstay, I have to say, the one that I have found most useful is waking up. It's this unique treasure trove of wisdom that has become so important to my daily routine that the app finds itself right in the dock of my phone for immediate fingertip access. Beyond its robust catalog of daily meditations, it's also this extraordinary library of mindfulness resources that go well beyond the strictures of meditation with courses on stoicism, cognitive behavioral therapy, time management, procrastination, as well as thoughtful conversations with leading scholars on everything from psychedelics to happiness. It really is one of the most worthy investments you can make in yourself. And listeners of the show can get 30 days to try waking up for free. Plus, you'll save $30 on the in-app price. If price is a concern, waking up offers the app for free, astonishingly for anyone who can't afford it. You can find the links on their website to get a full scholarship right now. Just go to wakingup.com slash richroll to start your free month today. That's wakingup.com slash richroll. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem. A problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. 
life and recovery is wonderful. And recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. Yeah, that goes back to this idea of becoming and the tension between that and what I think is more typical, which is this sense that you have to have it all figured out when you set the goal and this is how it's gonna go and this is how it's gonna feel when I get there. And that need to overly define everything creates paralysis in people because they're like, well, you know, until I figure out the ultimate running shoe, like I'm not gonna start my training. And so they'll be online, you know, for days, you know, yeah. reading customer reviews of running shoes, yeah. you know, and it just becomes an excuse because there's a fear block there. And that that like whatever that mm. thing is inside of you that that needs to like understand everything before you can begin actually is is not only paralyzing you, but really handicapping you from being open to the beautiful mystery of what gets unveiled, how you are becoming just by dint of engaging with the process. Like you're not supposed to know it all. Like it's not, yeah. it's, it's not meant to be that way. You're supposed to learn as you go. That's and half the fun. Maintaining right. yeah. openness is key to that. And that's why curiosity is so important because if you are truly curious about this, the more you do it, that will create more curiosity, which will lead you to different types of opportunities. And, you know, all of these things kind of percolate to the surface because you're in the doing, not in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the knowing business. Yes, what I was gonna go down that path, sorry. I was gonna go down the doing, the doing and just being in that experience. And I don't know if that's like taking us off topic here, but you know, yeah. we're in this conversation of everyone's thinking, 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 how do I do this? How do I do this? Do I sit down with a notebook? Do I write these things down? And then like, am I supposed to know tomorrow? Am I supposed to have this figured out? How do we actually not do that? Well, and that's the conversation of like, where do we start within ourselves and within our bodies and being present? Like, how is that from all of your all's thoughts? Like, where does that happen? Does well, that make sense? It does. So I think it's like rooted in the very fact that, and this is my belief, I think it's true that actions change first, yeah. then thoughts, mm-hmm. then feelings in that order only. Actions then thoughts, then feelings. And so what we're all talking about is being in our heads, being super intellectualizing everything and being cerebral and needing to chase perfection before we even take a step. And I think what we all have to accept going into this new year is that the actions will be the leader to all of those things. And maybe you start by thinking about what is the feeling I would like to have? And maybe that is related to your values. But ultimately, the only thing that's gonna get you to those feelings are your actions and then your thoughts and then your feelings. That's what I believe. And therefore there's no reason, I'm pretty like insensitive here about like, (laughs) there's no writer's block. Like there's no, like (laughs) just take the steps. And so can we just all commit to like, there's no more just like spinning around like that, like take the steps, Mm -hmm. you know? The only way to change a story is by taking action. Mm -hmm. You can't change your narrative. You can't change the story, your story, if you don't start moving forward with action. Words are just part of a story. You're back into story, but action breaks the chain. 
so that you're actually creating a new story, a new version of yourself tomorrow. The story is broken because the narrative has changed. You've shifted. And there's only one way to get, go about that. And that is action. Mm-hmm. I like that. One of the things, Chris, that you've talked about and written about is this idea of defining potential. Uh, so if you're in a situation where you feel like you're clear on your values and you've sufficiently answered the question of like, who do you wanna be? Uh, the process of doing that defines potential and potential puts you in a situation to build momentum, energy, more curiosity and excitement around whatever it is you're pursuing. So maybe elaborate on that a little bit. Well, you guys just brought it up with regards to potential. There's an energy behind that that we wanna capture. That creates a little bit of a momentum slash dopamine hit slash um, effort to start the process, to start action. And I think the fun part about potential, once you sort of get a good idea of what you wanna do, because I believe values are always shifting and changing and we're never, we don't wanna wait, okay, these are my values. Finally mm-hmm. found them, now I yeah. move forward. Like, <laughs> they're gonna be different in a few weeks. That's right? so real like, though, I mean, yeah. it is a very real What's experience. an example of a value, but then keep talking in case <laughs> you know, we're confused. For something, for, like for me, like when I reflect on if I lived in alignment with my values, values today or yesterday, because I journal in the morning. It's more like, did I follow through on what I said I would do today? Mm -hmm. Did I check in with my loved ones in a present way? Those things are important to me, back to what I said to Richard. Why? Because I've overlooked those things in the past and I wanna make them a priority now. And I know those left me empty if I didn't. And so now I've been able to identify over years that that's a critical value for me, doing following through on what I say not being disciplined, but following through mm-hmm. what I say. Um, and as well as, you know, not being so rough on the edges with regards to, well, this is what I said I do, everything else is blocked out. I mean, that's our, that's our DNA yeah. for us sitting yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah, right? And so um, being flexible and that's, that's a big part of it. So identifying that and every day knowing, did, did you do that? Did you check in with that? Did you live in alignment? Whenever something comes up where I have to make a decision or I have to um, look at something challenging, whether it's with my kids or for myself, it's more of, is this in alignment with my values? What do my values tell me? Mm-hmm. And if I don't have the answer, that's fine. There's not always gonna be black and white, but at least I asked myself that question. Do you have trouble sleeping at night if you before bed are like, I didn't try my best today with my values or? Those days have sort of gone away, (laughs) (laughs) but they were definitely somewhere there in the past. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, But that's also tied to a sense of what you were bringing up before that a lack of fulfillment that I didn't apply this thinking back when I was an athlete and I wasted a lot of potential, Mm -hmm. right? And so, because I didn't do it with this mindset that I didn't follow through with the best of my abilities to on that day, I feel like I left a lot of potential on it. And so I went chasing that for many years Mm -hmm. on a path of ultra endurance and triathlon. So yeah, it used to leave me up at night. Yeah. Chris's arc is very interesting because he is a lifelong athlete who was an Olympic swimmer and then a professional triathlete and won some Ironmans, uh, started coaching, 
in a very Germanic way, like a very regimented, here's your training plan. I'm gonna get you to Kona or what have you. Mm -hmm. And over many years of just life and experience, you're now in this very you know, expanded capacity in how you mentor and coach people. It's really much more of a life coaching bent than it is about like regimens for getting you across a certain finish line. And it's been really cool to watch that evolution and see all of the personal growth in you and how that trickles down or translates into how you interact with all of your athletes you know, that you work with. But it ties into what we were saying just earlier. I use endurance athletics, endurance experiences, endurance adventures as a vehicle to bring out that growth in people. Mm -hmm. It's not just physical. Physical is the excuse for having the conversation about their spiritual and mental mm. growth too. That's just my avenue. There's other ways in meditation or you know, psychedelics or therapy or, mm -hmm. but I believe over the years that endurance athletics has given many people the time and the space, they've created space for themselves out there immersed in nature to spend that time with themselves and ask themselves these questions. And so, that's where the work is. The fact that you have this outlet, this time, this, all right, well, if I'm gonna be out here on a five hour run or a six hour bike ride or a four hour swim, just in your head, I might as well use that time and prompts and thoughts with athletes around that. Hmm. That's really beautiful because it also suggests that this sport, if it's sport or if it's these other, you called it an outlet, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Vehicle, yeah. the vehicles that, they're only there to service our personal growth and that you see humans as changing things, that that's what life is really. And I think for everybody trying to set these goals, like let's just say it's a sport that you've been doing. I think we have to let go of any hope that it will be the same as it once was. Mm -hmm. And we're never trying to put back together what we were because we are growth mindset people and it will evolve with us. And I think sport is a tough one because we are always trying to stay forever like preserved or something in a snow globe of ourselves. And sports are meant to grow with us. And I think that's important to accept as we go into our goals, whatever those are athletic or otherwise, and know that we will evolve and the sport or whatever our pursuit is should evolve with us. Yeah, um, we're, we're always evolving exactly what you're saying. And that old version of us, and again, athletics and sport allows us to do that. What we were just saying about shedding the past story and narrative, mm -hmm. athletics is one way to see, tangibly see, I am no longer that person from six months ago who could barely run a 10K. Now I can run a 20K mm -hmm. comfortably. I'm a new normal, I'm a new person. I'm a different person from who I was mm -hmm. back then, yeah. as well as the things I shed with that, right? In order to be something, do something you've never done before, whether that's an endurance adventure or go to grad school, or something, you have to do things different than you've ever done mm -hmm. them. So maybe a new year's resolution isn't just like putting on a new goal cape, but it's also like, taking off yeah. the skin that we were before. Like we have to visualize that it's both. It's not just like another coat and then another jacket on top. And then, cause mm -hmm. you think you can't carry anything at all. You're just full of jackets. 
That's um, a, that's a great yeah. way, but that's also the pandemic in 2021. Like, let's that thing should die. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Right. Like, and we're emerging out of that. We're evolving out of that. And who do we want to emerge as? Like, we had this discussion going into the pandemic. Like, right. who do you want to be on the other side of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just dropped on the other side of this to who you want to be. What did you guys general. say? You have to tell us. Well, we were talking more from a coach's corner, athlete self, right? And being yeah. prepared for when events open back up. This was like two right. years ago. We're like, <laughs> well, what did and you then say? Boston will happen in November <laughs> and like be ready to go at any time. And it didn't. Yeah. But yeah, we talked a lot about that. Um, being prepared and what's important to you in your training so that even when no one's looking, even when there are no events, you are looking, you're mm-hmm. looking at yourself and you're following through on your own growth because that serves you. And you following through on your training and what you said you would do serves your community because you're a leader and you sort of are that beacon of health and consistency and fitness for your community. And you're also growing from a standpoint of the craft itself. I'm doing this when nobody's looking, Mm. right? And so all those things combined, again, that can be value no matter what time it is, whether it's new year or coming in and out of a pandemic. These things, you do them because you care. You add meaning and a personal aspect and a purpose to it so that you're just working on improving just you, Mm -hmm. your craft, what you decide to be your craft. And nobody has to be looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, it always goes back to the becoming because the pursuit of that craft, the you know anonymous things that you do every day to improve yourself when nobody's looking, is the crucible that allows you to grow and expand and evolve. So it's not about the time standard; it's about the person that you become because of the daily practice of the doing the thing, right? Yeah, and and what makes I'm sure there's many different avenues and vehicles for this kind of exploration, but I do think there's something unique and special about endurance sports because it requires that you spend a lot of time alone, yeah. you know, preferably in nature, in in an elevated, you know, heart rate state, but not too elevated. So it almost creates this calming of the mind and an active meditation state that allows you to perform a little self-inquiry, get present with yourself and, and, and ruminate on all of these bigger questions that we don't permit ourselves to indulge in in our busy lives or we just don't ever have the quiet bandwidth to do mm-hmm. so. So it kind of forces you into that. And you know, I just know for myself, like that's, that's the greatest gift of trying to achieve a goal in this sport because it takes you on this journey. And there's countless stories of people, they cross the finish line, they, they, they achieve their goal or they don't achieve their goal, but they are changed in the process of doing it and they are never the same. And when I looked, yeah. Alexi, you talked about running the New York City Marathon, like you're capable of running a marathon in X amount of time. You threw that out the window, you started with the elite women, they ran off and you just had a good time. And that might be the most meaningful race that you've ever done. Like mm-hmm. people loved it and you got to connect with so many people. And I'm sure when you cross that finish line that you were changed in a certain type of way because of the choices you made 
and the attitude that you brought to having a different kind of experience. But you have to be ready to have her story Mm -hmm. because if you're not ready for it, you get crushed when the elite women run away from you and Mm -hmm. you're holding on to the old narrative of who I was. Right? Why am I and not up? Why in that am group? I not up there? And you mm-hmm. start self, mm-hmm. you know, you beat yourself up mm-hmm. about it, and you're like, "Ugh, I've been injured, and I know I'm capable of that." And ugh, and this whole right. thing starts perpetuating. But you are in a place where you're ready to say, "I'm okay." Well, but I had to set it up. Like, look, I hired a makeup designer to come to my room. No, 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 this is true. I had a glitter, I had this um, adorable Greek makeup designer uh, come to my room the night before and and paint a star on my face and glitter because I knew that if I was gonna fall back from a pack, people know me and and I didn't want them to think this person's injured or, and I wanted to remind myself that it was meant to be fun. And so I do think what you're saying is we need to, um, try to be mindful before we enter the battle of chasing our goal for what our values really are. Because had I not put any thought into it, I would have uh, honestly tried to race and I would have done things that would have not been aligned with what my values were that day. Um, so we do have to create the environment where we're most likely to be able to pursue those values. I think that's And not beat ourselves up about it. Because like I had a conversation with Matthew yesterday um, and you know, he's struggling with some things and he he knows he, I asked him, well, what what was hardest for you last week? And he's like, well, this, you know, one morning I just didn't want to get out of bed. I'm like, great, let's dive into that. So we spoke about that a little bit, but it's, it's similar in that I bring it up in that you prepared yourself that if the narrative comes up, you have a response to it. You had already thought ahead that when those elite women move away from you, I have an answer to those doubts, to that negative voice on my shoulder. And I've created this fun um, action that I'm gonna have today and this intention for today that I'm not gonna let it get me down. I'm gonna actually embrace it and enjoy it. And it's like setting up a picnic for your future self. Exactly. Like you set the picnic up and you're like, and maybe this answers your question about your friend of like, Mm. what's my future Mm. self? It's like, imagine you're setting up a nice, beautiful picnic for you and your future self. Mm and you're gonna set the table and you're gonna bring all the goodies and you hope that they'll love it. And probably they will. But what mm-hmm. if it rains? Then you're there with them. Something else, but at least you have, you have an answer. And that's what I, would, I, would, yeah, and that's what I was saying with the, answer, with the athlete. I was like, all right, you know this resistance is coming in the morning, right? To get up for swimming. But now why don't you write out a, a index card the night before of what happens if it rains at my picnic? All right, mm-hmm. so that when it comes up, when that alarm goes off, you already know that index card is lying right there. And I already mm-hmm. wrote out what my response mm-hmm. is going to be to my future self, picnic mm-hmm. self, because it's raining, right? But I'm still gonna have the picnic because there's other things to be enjoyed in that moment. Friends, like you said, for him, get out the door, get the workout done, because you know after, you always feel great, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you had that first impetus. So that's huge that, you prepare yourself again, you're aware, what we said within the first 90 seconds of talking, awareness of seeing what's happening to you and working with that. You don't have to have an answer to it. You don't have to be better than it, but that you're just aware of what's happening and you can sort of work with it, dance with that devil, with that resistance, whatever we wanna call it. I like resistance. Um, mm-hmm. I love that book. Uh, so yeah. I think behind that also 
is it's important to try to figure out a way to connect with joy. So in the context of mm -hmm. like Alexi's race, it's like, okay, well, how can I make this fun? Like, how can I make this an uplifting experience for me and, and maybe other people as well? And I just know as I get older um, and I find myself, you know, indulging in that snow globe comparison thing. Like I used to be able to do this, why can't I do it now? Or what would I have to do in my life to get back to that place? Right. Whereas the healthier response is like, how can I, how can I make this a joyful experience? Mm. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a grind involved and a pay now, love it later, you know, kind of relationship to having to do things you don't necessarily wanna do in that moment. But in the grander scheme, it's a joyful pursuit that, and I think for me, that means detaching from, you know, metrics and results and things like that. And just looking at it as this, you know, journey of, personal growth and evolution and community and nature and all of these things that got me into it in the first place. So joy, I think is a cousin to curiosity. When you feel those moments of curiosity percolating up, usually there, if you indulge them, there's a little bit of joy that happens with that. Mm -hmm. Like how can you figure out how to channel that joy and make sure that whatever goals that you're setting or ambitions that you're harboring for yourself have that joy piece in there because if it's joyful or there is at least a bedrock of joy to it, you're more likely to stay with it and it will get you through the tougher moments. So what happens though, when people struggle accessing joy or have the guilt around doing something for a joyful reason? Like it has to be hard. It has to be yeah. intense and painful and, I, you know, and I'm speaking from my past self yeah, in many I get ways. That complete, that's why joy is hard for me. Cause right. it's like, if I'm not suffering, right. I'm not working hard enough. It's it could be better, I could be better totally unless it. it's super hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. joy is really, is joy is so it's contagious, so true. but joy is contagious. Like yeah. you, joy, people love seeing joy. People, it, it rubs off on people. So I think we have to accept that our joy is not exclusive to us. Our joy is like a bubble around us that people can get a little bit mm -hmm. of. Um, but how do you, I but guess. I understand you're saying yeah, it from like, if you're a competitive athlete and your brow isn't furrowed, totally. are you doing it hard I, enough? I think it's the number one conversation I've had in the past year actually with my closest friends. And I don't know if the pandemic brought this up or what, but it's like, things should be hard. Like I should struggle through this for it to be rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you and I have had this conversation mm -hmm. and it, it can be a, a difficult thing to access that joy. Like, what does it feel like? Like, what does it feel like to be joyful? What does it feel like to want this amazing quote unquote goal that has joy along with it? Am I supposed to struggle along the way? Like, how do I find that joy along the way? I think it's a broad conversation, but it's something that I think we can all Relate like talk, to. yeah, relate to and talk about because it's it's an important one, especially when there is a lot of suffering in the world and people think, oh, I shouldn't be having a joyful goal to go, you know, summit X peaks and how, what a nice life I have. Like I shouldn't, I mean, these are conversations I hear all the time. But you're- And it's a real conversation. You're in our family tree of words that are cousins and siblings. <laughs> I feel like we are putting mm. a challenge and pain and, grit and all those mm. things that you're talking about, hard, really, really close to the word integrity, mm -hmm. because you're basically saying that if you don't 
have all those things, then you're not like trying your best and you don't have integrity. And maybe we should talk about can integrity, if maybe that's not even the right word, should be closer to joy. Mm -hmm. And can joy be closer related to integrity? Does that feel like Mm -hmm. the judgment, the note beneath the note? Like what's the judgment on a person who's not gritting like that? Is it that? I think that they're a bad person? Like, yeah, I think it just, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning too. What do they believe to be true about themselves to begin with? Because I think that's why people don't access joy. Because you're saying, what goals. does being joyful and chasing joy say about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't work hard enough. It shouldn't come easily right. to me. You're or, a trivial person. Yeah. Right. Because you're, yeah. you're not exerting enough grit. And if you're... Mm-hmm. Perhaps not that joyful, but not working that hard, then you're just you're you're a weak person. And I'm not saying don't I'm I'm all for joy over here. I think it's an important thing, and and it's it's just a conversation I've heard more often than I would have expected over the past year, which you know begs so many different questions. Meaning, what you're I saying think- is, what you're hearing is that. It would be indulgent of me to mm-hmm. pursue something that brings me joy yeah. in this moment of you know difficulty yeah. for everybody, yeah. and I don't feel, I don't feel deserving of that. Yeah, or I what does that, it even though, feel that's like? That's different, though. That's a different avenue of that than the I'm not working hard enough if I'm not yeah, suffering. Those are different I think those are two different things. Um, I think the first one does tie into the values again and what's important to me. And it's okay that I go further myself despite these times, because guess what? When I come back from that call to adventure, as Joseph Campbell says with the elixir, and I can contribute more energy and love and joy to my community Mm -hmm. and bring that wisdom and that growth with me and try in my best way to disseminate that, I think that's a bigger contribution overall than worrying in the moment what others might think of me. I need mm-hmm. to, that's a, that's a bigger question that we're running into right now with regards to mental health. Like I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And if that is something that I wanna follow through on and brings me joy, or even just that I feel drawn to, or there's a curiosity pulling me towards that, that is a, a nugget that we should pursue. Mm-hmm. I, I almost Absolutely. feel like crying because mm-hmm. like in the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've aligned myself with more brands. Like I'm still um, a sponsored athlete and I have aligned myself with brands that have actually embraced me as a whole person. And, and it's made me realize how much before that I felt like I had to be what you said, mm-hmm. this like furrowed brow person and I would segment off all the parts of my life from each other so that I appeared to be doing what everybody wanted me to do in mm-hmm. those worlds. And it was a really hard, I felt like an octopus where I had like eight legs and they were all in different directions and they couldn't touch each other. Um, yeah. And last week I finally, you know, I saw you Rich in Texas, but I finally got to spend time with a, a team I just joined that actually really does embrace me for the whole thing and that joy was okay. And I feel so embarrassed to like say that it took me a really long time to feel like that was okay. And now I feel like after New York, I got so many messages of people who were like, I'm gonna run a race and smile. And I was like, almost Mm -hmm. cried because why couldn't they do that before? And like, why did they have to see me do that in order for them to, to feel like they could enjoy a race or like dance or something? And so I just feel like my whole life is changing now and, and I wanna be more joyful 
and that I'm not hurting anybody by being joyful. And I think all we want is to not hurt people or disappoint them. Mm-hmm. Like I even told you, Rich, that I felt I didn't want to disappoint you because I drank. And that was a really hard thing to tell you. Yeah. I don't know why I'm sitting this here like this, but it's real though. Yeah. I think it's yeah. what you're saying is extremely real. And I think, mm. you know, not to like, I think our maybe our experience as a woman can be different trying to please and have that feeling as an athlete. Like I have to make make sure everybody approves of me. I don't know. I'm not I'm not in your all shoes, so I don't know. But I mean I think certainly that burden is heavier it's if heavy. you're a female athlete. Yeah, 100%. I think it can be heavy yeah. in a different in maybe a different way. I'm only speaking for myself. I can't speak for everybody else, but I think that does tie into everything we're talking about. Because when we sit here and have this feeling of I need to do these things, it's like for who? Again, who are you becoming? For who? What are we doing this for? I think it's beautiful what you said, Alexi, but that also um, ties into what we were saying earlier. Like if your other parts of you, your eight legs aren't integrated towards the values and principles of you, truly you, then it feels like that. And when it all comes together, it doesn't have to be in a perfect alignment, but they're all sort of working towards the same North Star your energy and love and joy and passion and what you exude is 10 times more powerful. Mm-hmm. And people feel that. They feel that you have let go, you have, you're, mm-hmm. you're lighter mm-hmm. and you exude an energy and a joy because you're getting more and more in alignment for mm-hmm. like, towards that higher self of you and the energy that you were scattering amongst those ele- mm-hmm. uh, eight, eight legs, not yeah. 11, um, before <laughs> it was, it was still amazing energy, but now it's all coming together into one energy packet. And that mm-hmm. that's gonna, it took me 25 years to figure this out. Yeah. The fact that you're figuring it out now, yeah. I'm jealous. And I think it goes in ebbs oh, and yeah. flows too. Yeah. I know there's been times in my life where I wouldn't have ever questioned joy. And then other times where I'm like, wait, no, I can't possibly have fun. Or like, I can't possibly do this and enjoy. I need to like stay here and focus and do the, and, mm-hmm. it, and it robs, the joy, like ironically, yeah. everything is just is taken from that experience, and I don't even have the same experience, and then I end up not even doing the That's, thing that I wanted to do right. because there was no joy attached to any of it. Being overly regimented, totally. like That's about showing up holding though, it. and that, right, Ooh, right there, yeah. Right. yeah. That's Boom. immersing dun, versus dun, dun. attending because when we showed up with that verb brow because we had to. Because right. we told ourselves with a past story, well, this is just what who we are and what we need to do now. Someone told us that yeah. or society or, or, or exactly. whomever, whatever, and like that's what we are told. Whereas, you know, you don't tell a writer or an artist or a musician to just show up. They show up with this energy and this mm. passion and this depth that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to show up with all myself, yeah. right? And they bring this totally different energy to it and it's immersing versus attending, what I say, right? Mm. You're immersing yourself in the moment versus just attending. I love that. I'm gonna write on the whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also allowing versus forcing, right? Like mm. if you contrast that athlete mentality of like willfulness and I'm gonna make it happen and I'm holding on so tightly versus a more creative pursuit. Like if you watch the Beatles documentary, like they're hanging out, like, and yeah. a lot of it is fucking around. and. That's because you need that in order to create the space for the little spark to arise. Like you have to hold it loosely in order for the magic to occur. And you can't be 
like strict on your timetable or your agenda. And I think there's something to be said for approaching your athletic pursuits or other pursuits in your life with that sensibility. Yes. And I think endurance provides you with those quiet moments, like, cause you're out, you can't be multitasking when you're out by yourself on a trail or whatever, like you're just left with yeah. yourself. So it's built in to that practice. But if you're trying to get into grad school or whatever it is that you're pursuing, like understanding that the best ideas come in the unlike most unlikely moments. They don't come when you're sitting down and like forcing them to happen. Holding on too tight, yeah. yeah. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm reading this book right now and I circled a, a couple paragraphs, but um, it was all about how, how you, you have to look out the window for at least 20 minutes a day with zero agenda. Just look out the window. It's like window gazing. But, you know, the whole point of that is to do something mindless and joyful that isn't productive for you to be able to then be productive. And I know it's, it's we hear it all the time, like just do something not productive to then be productive, but it's the same thing with sports, right? I, my best races, my best performances were when I was laughing behind the blocks and enjoying myself and with my peers and on a relay or, or doing, you know, almost missing my race as a 15 year old because I'm having so much fun in the moment in that joyous state. And I think that Yes, I don't need to be missing races and doing whatever, but the point is, is that you can lose yourself in that experience to really then be able to, to catapult yourself for the goal that you want. Mm -hmm. Well, it goes back to the alter ego thing. Like, are you 
like you're having fun and cracking up and you have your best race because mm -hmm. you're being who you really are in that moment. And I think we have this idea like, when I'm training, I'm the Iron Man guy. And then I go to work and I'm the work guy. And I go home and I'm the dad and the partner. Um, and you're toggling between all of these different identities where you're kind of calibrating how you behave and act and conduct yourself based upon the environment or the circumstance. And this idea of who do you wanna be or who are you or who are you becoming, if you're driving that inquiry in the right direction, it's about integrating all of these things so that you're authentically who you are, no matter the context, right? Yeah. That you don't have to develop alter egos or you know, kind of toggle who you are based upon who you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely use those other versions that can spill over. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a big benefit in being able to craft your athlete self early on and sort of see who you want to become and then see those things and see how you can apply some of those things in the other versions of yourself, but they can't be completely separate, right? Like. Superman is in Clark Kent and Clark Kent <laughs> is in Superman, although he goes into the phone booth, mm -hmm. right? And that's the whole, like the deeper part of it or like Batman, right? That's the whole point of that entire series is that you can't escape the shadow that lives within you. And like, you have to integrate those two. Those are two human beings that live within you. And same thing for us as athletes or as amazing professionals, you know, you work to, you know, 80 hours a week. Well, you, you can't shut that off when you're with your family. It's part of who you are. So you have to figure out how to sort of integrate those. And again, awareness that who do I wanna be when I'm with my kids or when I'm with my wife or when I'm with my friends or when I'm with myself. Mm -hmm. The values. Yeah, and and eliminating any of the, the shoulds. I think we can mm -hmm. all just, try and get that word out of our vocabulary now because it's not that helpful because it implies that there's a, a, a an imposition from the world. And I think we could eliminate the shoulds and then rather just see the world as an abundant place where we belong and we can we we are accepted and assume that that will be the case. And probably, unfortunately, we'll have some surprises that will hurt us but that's just a lovely part of life. And I think that when we have those people or things that make it feel hard to continue the course, I, I've, I've tried to like amuse in those moments as best I can and understand that not everybody is on our same page or, some, or on my, I don't know. How, how do you deal with it when you <laughs> feel like you're doing the right thing towards your goals or you're being your valued self and it's not, accepted because it's, mm -hmm. it's could instead of should. Ah, okay. Right, okay. it's who can I be, not who should I be. Mm -hmm. And again, it's always falling forward. Potential has this amazing energy in it that you can see optimism at all times, mm -hmm. right? It's potential to change, it's potential to grow, it's a potential to achieve. And whatever it is, it could be a minuscule little goal or objective, but you have the potential and therefore the energy to achieve it. And that's the beauty of this sort of energy of potential. It allows you, we are the only creatures that can set a future thing, a potential and then change to become it. But what if someone doesn't believe in themselves? Cause you're saying basically that you should just assume you have the potential. And what if someone is like, 
I don't think I have it, but I want this thing. Well, you can look, then you look backwards and see where you've come from because you've come from something. You've grown from something. You've fallen forward from somewhere. Or you find someone who's done it in in challenging circumstances mm-hmm. and you just decide Mentors, if they, yeah. right? Like if we can't look up to ourselves, maybe we, maybe that's why we're on this planet together to look to each other for those permissions. Yeah, and having know. those conversations with each other back to the, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, what do you believe about yourself? Oh. And usually the opposite of that is the answer. That's so it's really like, I can't do X, Y, Z, then you flip it. And that's the, you know, and, and it's a practical way to do it. And it's not like, you know, sit down and write it down, but it also is like, I, at least I do every year, regardless of what month it is, usually not January. Cause I just try not to do the whole <laughs> January thing personally. But if it's like June or something, yeah. I write down my limitations. Like I believe these things about myself. I'm not um, creative enough. I don't have enough time to make art. I don't have the skills to do ex- like all of the things that I believe negatively about myself, which is honestly very hard to do. And it's extremely um, like, it's daunting because you don't want to look at yourself in that way. You don't want to admit it, but these are all of the little voices and the gremlins that just continue to tell you these things throughout the year and they build up. And then you flip it and, and you, you're able to see I can believe in myself. It's not easy to get to these places, but what can I do now to put myself? And I think that's part of the path that you describe when you talk about goal setting is like taking the layers off so that you can then add them back on. But that's at least helpful for me when when I don't believe in myself because I think, you know, it, it's gonna happen. It'll happen forever and yeah. ever and ever, even though deep down innately, I know that I can, those are still thoughts. Those are still experiences. I think to some extent, we're all, you know, victims of allowing past beliefs to limit our potential. And, you know, we tend to, you know, gravitate towards past narratives and allow them to dictate outcomes. Well, that happened to me and things don't work out. We create stories around certain events or traumas that have occurred in the past and we assign them deeper meaning than they deserve to have. And that, creates a a future reality for ourselves. So I think that practice that you described is super important. One thing that I would add to that, like if you you write out like, here are all the kind of negative things that I believe about myself and you list them out, then I think a powerful exercise is to disprove those by reaching into your memory and searching for um, occurrences or things that you've done or things that have happened that put that to the lie, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I I believe mm-hmm. that I can't achieve a hard goal. And then like list all the things that you actually have achieved or things mm-hmm. that disprove that. Yeah. And Looking I think that creates a really tactile way of crafting yeah. a new narrative that allows you to kind of believe in a different story mm-hmm. for yourself. Cause you're grounding it. Cause a lot of what we feel about ourselves are just like clouds in the sky and mm-hmm. we're trying to like grab them, but they're just like feeling clouds. But what you're saying is like, let's pin them down on the ground mm-hmm. and like actually look at them and see that they're like a lot less powerful down there. Right. Or not, or just plain not true. Not true. Right, they're just no. absolutely false. And you know, to everyone's point about community and to what you just said about finding someone to talk to about it. I mean, you do it all the time. You talk to athletes about these kinds of things all the time. It's powerful when someone can remind you and help you see a different angle Mm -hmm. of the situation. It's like, okay, you wanna do this. What do you believe? Now, 
let me remind you about the things that are opposite of those things. Cause mm-hmm. that's, we all need a little bit of help sometimes. Like packs. it's helpful. And some exactly. need, need more <laughs> I than ever. I mean, packs, it comes back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of us are surrounded by people who tell us we're awesome all the time and yeah. that we can do whatever we set our mind to. Right. And a lot of people are surrounded by people that are tearing them down yeah. constantly or yeah. telling them, you know, they can't do these things and how dare they dream big for themselves. Totally. And who are they to believe that they could go and do this thing? Like mm-hmm. get back to work, mm-hmm. be the person that I need you to be or expect you to be. Or I and want yes, you to be. I yeah, want or you I want you to be. Because you're exactly. scaring me with and those, with you yeah. becoming somebody new. Mm-hmm. Sure, because it's very threatening. Don't for bring me. that And that comes in, in a wide spectrum. It can be very subtle. It can be very overt. Mm-hmm. It can be abusive but you know it's nonetheless pernicious anyway mm-hmm. you slice it so for somebody who is in that situation where they feel trapped because of their social circumstances or family or whatever it becomes a lot harder to do that it requires a lot more imagination great point there it requires Rich. your imagination because then you can and we talked about the word imagination and how that's going to play and be a secret weapon this year because mm-hmm. you can if you don't have the people immediately around you boosting you up I think you still have to figure out how to get that and stay on your own team. And you can adopt like satellite mentors. You can li- listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. and podcasts and watch things that make you feel the things you want to feel and then mm-hmm. pretend that those people are talking directly to you. Because in this journey to our goals, we have to do what's useful. And the thing I remember, and I have no idea if I told you this, but like when I had the post-Olympic depression, I had these awful days, like horrible days. No one could make me feel better, but I had the best dreams. Like I've never had good dreams. I always have crazy bad dreams. I had the most like euphoric dreams. And I told my psychiatrist, psychologist this, I was like, I don't know what to do. My days are the worst and my dreams are the best and I never (laughs) want to wake up. And he was like, all right, well then just pretend your dreams are real. Cause like you made those dreams anyway and just pretend they're mm. real. And so he basically was like, you have to use your imagination here. And I think for those of us who don't have the support in the traditional way or in the ways we'd like, there's still no excuse to finding the support that we need, even if it takes imagination. Mm-hmm. So just stay, we have to stay on our own team, right? Mm-hmm. And then a really practical thing that I do is if I'm having a bad day, I've shared this, but my college friend Becca told me that if you're having a bad day, so when I'm having a bad day, I put on my pajamas, get back in bed, or if I'm somewhere else, I just pretend and just <laughs> lay and close my eyes for one minute and then jump out of bed and yell, new day. And then I'm allowed to have a new day. I love it. That's a great I one. I love it. It's like, And then you change Especially your outfit. Especially all of us working from home these yeah. days. Yeah, I know. You're working from home, you yeah. might as well. And 20 new days this, a day. Like, you could do this it's at great. like 10 a.m. or at 5 p.m. And like yeah. you're allowed yeah. to imagine that this is a new day. Like what's so arbitrary? The sky is out. You know what I mean? Like, okay, there's no sun. Like, the it's moon not, isn't in the right place. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, just imagine it's a new day. Like, we have to use our imagination here and not see everything mm-hmm. as a reason why we're not going to get to our goals, but as a reason why we are yep. anyway, you know? I like and it. it's back to the mm-hmm. fun aspect that Rich was bringing yeah. up, right? And Joy, like, why am I, like, this This is supposed to be fun, which a lot of people struggle with, right? Especially they kick out of the new year and they have this, like, this expectation for themselves and they quickly lose that fun. And then it becomes a vicious cycle of just beating yourself up and and it's almost worse because then you feel like, well, I tried and I couldn't do it and I'm proving 
that story that I knew deep down was true that I suck and I can't do hard things. It's like, you always wanna prove yourself right, but maybe this year we should all prove ourselves wrong. Yeah, you have to prove your- your, yeah. Well, because oh, you're basically I saying I, yeah. we, we right. are inherently hard on ourselves and our default setting is to be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not capable mm-hmm. or this and that. So maybe instead of our heart, because the heart always wants to be right. So you always want to be like, see, I will get rejected or see, I will fail. Mm-hmm. And maybe like we can allow ourselves to be wrong. And that is really hard for high achieving athletes because we want to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And part of being perfect is having the thing we feel in our heart, which might be inadequacy, mm-hmm. be true. And uh, I feel like something that I'm trying to do is understand that I'm wrong a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Like I mess up. And just last week I got in a fight with my friend. I feel so bad because I'm so much older than someone who should get in a fight with a friend. <laughs> and I was like, felt so bad and I apologized. And I feel like I, I said, sorry, and all this stuff. and. And I, I wasn't very good at that growing up because we're so stubborn and we just want to be right. And I was like, I was wrong. And it it freed me because he accepted my apology and we're mm-hmm. totally fine. And it proved to me that I could be wrong and still survive. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know why this I got mm-hmm. to this point, but like we're wrong a lot of the time. So we shouldn't think that the thing mm-hmm. we fear most inside is true. I think that's right. And I think there's a lot to be learned from trying to return to a more childlike state and all of this, because as kids, we're naturally curious. We wanna have adventures. We're not afraid. We're not and hard on ourselves. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not hard curious. on ourselves. We're not being like fear, insecurity, defeatism. All of these things are learned behaviors that wear us down over time and distance ourselves from like that kind of pure, beautiful nature that still is within us, but needs a little, tarnishing. And Mm -hmm. I think the more that we can connect with that, whatever goal you set for yourself, it allows you to kind of pursue it with more of that like Mm -hmm. joy and curiosity and imagination. We're like wildflowers. It's interesting you say that because, you know, a lot of athletes at this time of year, right? You're going into the new year already at your lowest mood. It's dark. It's a hard time of year. Mm -hmm. The holidays, and, but also there's no races. I know a lot of my athletes, they struggle at this time of year mm. with motivation. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> then you're supposed to create this new thing just because mm-hmm. the day changes. The days aren't be necessarily all excited long, about right? It. And be all excited. So you're already coming in low energy mm-hmm. and you're sort of trying to like pump yourself up. And I think that ties into why a lot of people struggle with following through because you already came in with like, ugh. You know, mm-hmm. the holiday, holidays are wearing me down. I'm stressed out, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. It's dark, there's no sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all the things I like to do, are, I'm not able to do. And there's been no events, so I don't have that high from, you know, training for something. And so you come into it. So it's a hard time of year already. And it turns into this like laborious exercise of like, all right, who do I wanna be, right? right? right. <laughs> And on you're top like, of all of exactly. it, exactly, and so that and, takes yeah. the fun and the imagination and the childlike state out of any of it. It's so far removed, so it's figuring out like how do I emerge into spring with maybe some energy to do the things that I want to do in the early summer or summer, and I'm not starting from scratch. Like even just little steps like that, saying, okay, mm-hmm. how do I want to come out of hibernation? right? Forgive myself for now. Yeah, I don't want to train right now. I don't want to work out right now. I don't want to do a lot of stuff. I'm just low energy. It's okay. 
mm-hmm. right? But let's take a longer term approach. Like who do I wanna be on April 1? So what can I do today gently that'll help me prepare for April 1? Not maybe not January 1 or February 1, because it just puts this pressure on it of like, well, I have to train. I have to do this because it's January. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. who do I wanna mm-hmm. be early mm-hmm. summer? I wanna run, you know, 100K, let's say on trails in the early summer. Okay, well, so what, okay, let's just figure out then today, maybe this week I'll run 30 minutes three times. It's a start, it's a start of something. And I can mm-hmm. at least build some momentum around that because I think we often overlook that we enter a new year already pretty low on yeah. energy. Right, it's not like you flip a switch and Yeah, the sun's is, out, it's right. 85 degrees, mm-hmm. you feel you're amazing. You're on an island you're like, and exactly. tanning. Yeah, I mean, it's not You're back into your like basement always. riding the trainer. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you differentiate between kind of indulging in that self-care of like, oh, I'm tired and like, I'm just gonna take a break and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna beat myself up versus like, okay, dude, come on, you know, you can get out there. Like, don't be, yeah, don't be too soft on this, you know? I mean, you wanna set hard dates for that stuff, right? Like if I'm going to take two weeks off and let go and, or three weeks, well, then I will let go and I will build up the energy. See, I, and I'll finish this thought, I keep running into athletes that don't wanna fully stop so that when they need to restart again, they don't have that hunger, that energy, Mm. that bent up like, okay, finally I can get Mm -hmm. this train again. I'm like, stop, stop everything. (laughs) I want you to feel terrible, right? Then kick out and go, okay, finally I can get back into my routine. Finally, I feel good and healthy again. Because I mean, let's say not six months, but like, let's say two, three, four Mm -hmm. weeks even, where you say that to yourself and you go, all right, I have to, reset completely in order to appreciate, to find the joy again, that when I return, I'm like, oh, I miss this so much. Um, That is the hardest thing for athletes though, to really completely pause. And I'm horrible at it. Like that's why probably after the Olympics, even if I took a week or two off training, which I kind of did, my mind was on the next thing and it was on it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have to be completely knocked off our feet in order to do that. And that's such a shame because at that point, you know, like I only paused really when I had this surgery. Like yeah. if I'm being really honest, that's the only time I've truly paused completely as an athlete and let myself reset. And that was because I literally could not move off my couch. And that's mm-hmm. a that's a problem. And so I think there's two parts to this, like one uh, embracing that we should probably build in like some vocabulary um, where there's a chapter after a big peak or before a big buildup that is a part of chasing that dream. And it's completely necessary. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I guess, I think there's more vocabulary now when someone, when a, when a woman gives birth, that there's a, the next semester, trimester Mm -hmm. after is like a more normalized thing. So we should probably build into our vocabulary that that's actually like normal and safe. And it's not a indulgence, it's like necessary. And then also I think about the butterfly thing. Like I think about how when I was, uh, look, because I still have trouble pausing myself, I was kind of forced to pause at one point uh, because like a nerve in my back was irritated because I didn't pause when I needed to. And I felt like I was completely reduced to like nothing. 
And my, my mentor told me that when caterpillars become butterflies, they go into their chrysalis and they become liquid glop, like complete liquid. And then they grow into a butterfly. They're not just a caterpillar that sprouts wings. And what was so beautiful about that is I think as athletes um, and as high achieving people, whatever we are, when we are reduced to like that pause state, whether you're injured or whether you choose to take a pause, we assume that it's bad. Mm -hmm. And we assume that we would like to put back together whatever we were and we'll get back to it. And what he was basically saying, because I kept calling myself a hot mess. And he was like, no, you're not a hot mess. You are glop and you're becoming a butterfly. And so I recontextualized it in my mind as that pause, which I wish I had imposed upon myself instead of mother nature raining this pain on my back, mm -hmm. was a natural and good thing. And then I started marching around my house and I was like, I'm glop, I'm glop and I'm gonna become a butterfly and I'm glop. And, 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 <laughs> and he was like, the difference between humans and caterpillars is that humans have to feel the pain of gloppood. So the pain mm -hmm. of pausing, that could be really painful for people or the pain of the actual pain you're in. And caterpillars or humans could choose to try to go back to the caterpillar state and just be what they were. And the, I, I may be like leaping on what you say and assuming that the people you're talking to have a lot of trouble being in the chrysalis, in the cocoon, and they don't believe in it and they want to get out of it and they don't think it's helping them. They think it is a pause and a hurdle rather than a process of moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to see yourself in the mirror when you're moving, but when you stop, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. see yourself in the mirror and you might have to confront some things that yeah, you don't right. want to Terrifying. Yes. Yeah. But when you're moving, you're <laughs> right? always charging and moving forward. Yeah. That, <laughs> you're, you're always a moving target. Exactly. Literally. You said the word safe and that's so real because you're always safe when you're moving forward, which is interesting because that's and it validates you too. Of what like, you hey, think. I'm, I'm moving forward. Right. We're back to everything we were saying. So it's we like, inherently it's, feel it's unsafe. Active when we stop. denial. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Active denial. I, I know I, I had the same exact situation with my heel. I mean, I didn't see a single thing until I stopped and then reminded me again. And I stopped again. And so I think it's it's important to address why we feel unsafe when we are. Yeah, I remember like back in the eighties with swimming, like it just if you were to take two weeks off, it totally. was like, oh my God, he took yeah. two weeks off. Yeah, but like we if somebody took a season then. off, it yeah. would be like, well, You'll there's no way back. they could ever yeah. come back. Yeah. No. But it's right. changing so much. Such, I mean, exactly. with, you know, this past year specifically because mental health is such mm -hmm. a, you know, topic on everybody's minds. But in the athlete context, you know, what we've seen with Simone Biles and all these other very high profile athletes who are taking a stand for mental health, I think is changing that conversation. I think what you said is is true, Alexi, like this idea of looking at not only building in rest periods as fundamental as Chris was talking about, but looking at them as part of the growth as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, yeah. an obstacle to the goal. Yes. Yeah. And relishing in that glop state. That's what I call it. I want a shirt that says it. So glop can, state. Yeah. Just glop. Just I'm in the glop Relish state. your glop state. <laughs> well, and, but here's the thing though, okay. with, with Simone Biles and, and Naomi Osaka's situation, what was so challenging to watch was that they expressed like a feeling or a sensation or a fear of a sensation, like a fear of pain to come. And they wanted to protect themselves from that. And some people responded really positively, but some people said, where's the MRI? Like, where's the proof? And that is really, really dangerous because there's not always gonna be proof mm -hmm. on an MRI for a mental health 
or physical health injury. And what I've seen over and over again and, and experienced myself is that when there's not proof of that pain, simply that we said it needs to be enough. Like the word needs to have value in and of itself. And I think it's lost its value, at least in my observations of the world. And I hope that this year people take that word without the MRI and accept it as real. Because otherwise we're going to hurt ourselves and we're going to do that active denial endorsed by society, you know? Mm -hmm. And throw into that how long it took that athlete, those ladies to even accept themselves saying it. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. Right. Because so first you have to accept yourself saying it before even the the, the waterfall of resistance right. comes at you by others with their expectations for you, but your own expectations and you feeling like you're letting yourself down, like what we were saying, like mm. brow, you right. know, and focused, like, and letting go. I mean, that's the world of, again, holding on so tight. And then all of a sudden, recognizing you've gone way past the point mm -hmm. and you should have stopped back there. And that I think what you're saying, Lexi, is also our ability to remain with listening to our gut, mm -hmm. what you call instinct, mm -hmm. um, is like, we know it, we know it's there. Yeah. And just trusting and believing in it because it always works out for the better. You know, every time I've trusted my gut and my life, as well as when nature comes raining down and does its thing, Afterwards, months, years after I look back and I say, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm -hmm. But what if you're like a college girl trying to tell your coach, you're fighting for a spot on the cross country mm. team and you're trying to tell them, my gut feels like this is not great for me or I need a pause. I think we need to equip people with vocabulary mm -hmm. that will translate to audiences that might not be ready to hear it. And so I think part of what we're saying here needs to come with like some guidance on like what words will possibly resonate with the people that need to hear it who don't understand it yet. I know that you're saying that we need to understand it ourselves, but I just think about like a, a scared 20 year old girl who thinks running this race might not be a good idea, but doesn't know how to uh, or advocate. if she raises her hand and says that, that she'll just get cut. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think it just goes back to coaches and, and whomever looking within themselves and actually understanding what it means for themselves, you know? Because I, I mean, and I'm just speaking from a perspective of, I think there's resistance maybe um, to hearing that an athlete isn't okay. It's like, what do you mean you're not okay? I, I couldn't possibly, no, no, you have to be okay. Like you have to perform, you know? And so maybe it's just sitting as a coach or, or as, as a mentor or as a guide or whomever. And, and to your point earlier as well, looking within yourself and saying, what have I been through that I can then pass on to my athletes? So I think it takes everybody doing the introspection, everybody becoming aware of their own internal experience to then accept what someone's telling you. But what an they, athlete is telling you. But I don't know that those coaches are listening have, to what our conversation is right now. Yeah. I don't know that people, <laughs> I'm just being honest that I yeah. don't know if the people who really need to hear it are actually listening to this conversation. Right. And I think what I would say to this young girl who is our fictitious person in front of us now um, is that like you return to the common goal. Because mm -hmm. I think all the people hearing it need to know is that we all want the same thing. 
Like we all want to win the cross country championships. Do you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. all want that. And I think the best thing to get there is to take this race off or whatever. And I think part mm-hmm. of this conversation is when we're trying to rally people onto our New Year's goals, because you don't want to do it despite everybody. It's nice to have people on your same page. I think it's important to include them as if every decision you're making for yourself is also best for the for the team mm-hmm. or whatever that team is, a family, a coach. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I, I feel like a lot of what I, what I hear is like, yes, I want all that for myself, but there's so many barriers in my way. And, and trying to help people do it despite the barriers, yeah. which might be coaches or someone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. I mean, I have two thoughts on that. One, too often it's about the coaches and they think mm-hmm. it's about me versus the athlete. And it's mm-hmm. the accolades the coaches are getting, which then goes up to the athletic director, which then goes up <laughs> to the university, which right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So, and it's never about them, it's about the athlete, right? And so that's a whole culture <laughs> that I don't think we're gonna solve right now. Yeah, here. that's a, But it's, right. I always, whenever I see that, I'm always like, it's the coach making it about themselves mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they look good mm-hmm. in that arena or at that race or in that national championship when they're winning, right? Um, if you're not listening to your athletes, it's it's so that's the ones that, but it's also what you were just saying with New Year's, it's also back to who you want to be. And when I close my eyes and I visualize who I want to be, that means at that finish line, my family's there and they're supporting me and they don't think I'm a jerk because of the last 12 weeks or 16 weeks of training. They're actually like, you know what? He did all that training and he still was present for us. And he was still an effective person at work and all those things too often. Again, when we create these alter or split personalities, mm-hmm. we push the others away and we don't realize how they're being effective by us on our self-care growth fitness movement. And we need to think about that prior, like especially if it's a curious goal that hasn't been part of our repertoire in the past, where it's like, guess what? I wanna try this thing. It's gonna take a lot of training hours and it's gonna be running in the mountains for 30 hours. And what do you guys think? And they're gonna be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And how many, but it's, Okay, I'm thinking about that. And this is what I wanna do next summer. And how can we include this? And how can we all work on this together? And how, and these are the values, again, the boundaries I'm gonna create myself for myself, the lane I'm gonna stay in, and I'm not gonna compromise and cross over when push comes to shove. Because I talked to you guys here on January 6th or January 20th, and I said, I'm not gonna miss a soccer game. I'm not going to turn down those projects to work just because I want to do it. I'm going to do it despite that. And it's back to maximizing the limited training time we have, staying with who we want to be. And that's the challenge. We come from a professional athlete background. But for all those people who have a job, who have a family, who have Mm -hmm. a career, who have a soccer game, who have church, who have community, it's like, well, come on, Chris, how am I going to fit this in? Well, that's what makes you special. That's what makes this endeavor so amazing is that despite it all, you found those 45 minutes a day. And you might say 45 minutes a day, that's not enough to do this stuff. Well, guess what? 45 minutes a day for many months, it'll get you pretty close Mm -hmm. to doing what you can. It might not be to the best of your potential. You might think you can run Boston in, you know, 345 or 245, and you might only do 415. 
But guess what? You didn't compromise your values along the way. Your family's there mm-hmm. cheering you on, supporting you. And they're actually like, that was amazing. Let's do it again and try for 345 versus mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. 345 attempt was awful. Mm-hmm. And So maybe potential then is not an isolated thing that has only to do with your actual body and genes. Potential is seeing yourself as a whole person and seeing where you can go given all that you have chosen in your life or that has been put on you in your life, like your circumstances that you can't choose and that you might not have chosen. And so maybe when we think about potential and we get back to, but if you don't believe in yourself, it's like, well, there's no problem with believing in yourself if you understand where who you are and where you come from and what your values are and that you chasing that time goal comes with a lot of choices that you've made. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the more appropriate way to look at potential then, yep. right? Instead mm-hmm. of just like a human creep, yep. you know? It is, it is an energy. It is all those things that you just said combined with curiosity and joy and just it's an it's a life force yep. because it constantly keeps us going forward mm. in belief. I wanna switch gears a little bit. Uh, Chris, you mentioned earlier the idea of athletes being frustrated during that period of time off and really wanting to get back into their routine, right? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about routine versus ritual. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love this one. Yeah. Um, Well, it's just, again, it's adding that human element to what you're doing. Routine means something that you have to do it. You're um, supposed to do it. You said you would do it, but adding a human element of meaning and purpose and emotion to it turns it into what I would call a ritual, Mm -hmm. right? Adding that human element to it so that it means something to you so that you're not just showing up, you're showing up with intention and with care. Again, like an artist doesn't just show up, they do things out of ritual because they have an emotion and a human aspect attached to it. Yeah, the idea of routine kind of implies showing up without intention. Like, well, Mm -hmm. this is my thing. I just do Mm -hmm. this thing without really thinking about it. I'm checking the box, right? And ritual, there's like something sacred about that. Mm-hmm. Like there's something just in the beautiful and yeah. like reverential about mm-hmm. it. Like your relationship to the thing has meaning and it's just, there's a depth to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how like kind of like just outside of this is that whole idea. Like I know you have a whole thing about showing up, right? Like this time of year, everyone's like, it's all about showing up. Just like, just keep showing up, just keep <laughs> yeah. showing up. Yeah. Chris is like shake Chris his head over there. Yeah. Make my head explode. <laughs> Why is he so upset? Because it it just, to me, showing up is disrespecting everything. Oh, (laughs) It's disrespecting yourself because you're putting your limited training time to this by just showing up. It adds, you know, all the other stressors to it that you, usually when you show up, you also are thinking, well, I should probably be at my work right now, or Uh, I probably should be doing this right now. But you know what, here I am, I'm the bare minimum. No, but Mm. there's no value in the bare minimum, right? Mm. And so this showing up, you have an opportunity. Again, it's a choice right? We choose to go there. And so instead of just showing up, the choice process says to me, let me then do it with intention. Mm -hmm. Let me have an outcome I want to achieve versus getting there and figuring it out. I believe motivation runs out very quickly when you just do things by showing up because there's only so many times you can show up at the track or on a bike or swimming Mm -hmm. or in the gym and go, hmm, what should I do today, <laughs> right? That's yeah. showing up, 
Like, hey, I went to the gym. What'd you do? I did a little stairmaster. I did a little this mm. or whatever that escalator is that keeps going forever. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I got a sweat going. Well, in four weeks from now, you're still gonna be saying, oh, I don't know if I'm getting better. Whereas intention and clarity on why you're showing up and how it means something to you with some depth and character means I'm putting myself out there. I wanna know how much I improve by this time and how am I gonna improve by this time? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do take these steps. Commitment. Yeah, and well, first of all, the word ritual sounds like ritual. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it really this does. Like, what yeah. we really yeah. want is ritual. We just, we don't want <laughs> routine, we want ritual. ritual. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so how do we then, because um, I feel like people are like, well, what do I, how do you make it from a routine to a ritual <laughs> and to a ritual? And I keep thinking about like uh, rock climbing, which I don't do often. And I really want to try more of like indoor rock climbing. There are different mm rocks that you grab and they all look different and you have to assess the rock you're about to grab in a different way than the one that you're leaving from before. And I feel like rather than thinking about ourselves as like climbing up a ladder where it's like, you could kind of do that with your eyes closed. You just like get to the next ladder rung. The rock climbing requires a little bit of a shift between activities. And so perhaps in our lives, we can turn it into a ritual if we take a moment between activities mm. um, and think about what we want out of the next one. And I try to do that, like when I'm going from practice to home life, for example, because what if practice didn't go great? I don't want to bring that home and just be whatever in my home that why I was. Not? So that's, you're, you're capturing it. Right. Okay. So ritual and- Am I messing is, up? Is, no, no, you're not messing up. This is a good, a good this example. is a good, okay. it's because you care. And you coming home to your home life and showing that I care. You know what? I didn't do well today. Mm. I had an awful day at work. I got yelled at or I totally messed up this project or I had a terrible workout today. It shows your family, your loved ones, your friends that you care, that you're not mm. going through the motions mm. routine, but that you care. There's emotion, there's depth along with that. If I pass a TP and there's a ceremony going on in there and it doesn't mean anything to me, it's just a teepee with some smoke coming out of it. But knowing that there's a ritual going on there, that's something I'm curious about, there's emotion and there's people transforming and growth and there's love and care and all that in there, that's, that's depth, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want you to show that care to others and show people that, yeah, you know what? It's my endeavor, but it means something to me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I show up with intention because I care, it means something to me. Right. Um, even just your ability, once again, I keep talking about maximizing limit, limited training time because most of us don't have time when well, we went pro in something other than what we're endeavoring. And so, you, even just the mental framing of how you want to go through this workout, right? It allows you to learn so much quicker, so much faster, because you have an image on how you wanna execute this workout, how what you wanna achieve. And then when you're in the motions of doing it and you're not achieving it, your learning speeds up dramatically mm -hmm. while you're doing it because you're not meeting your own avatar on how you thought it would go. Well, what am I missing? Where are my blind spots? What do I need to adjust? Swimming, you know, your stroke, mm -hmm. you're making subtle adjustments and so forth. Running, same thing, stride, body, and posture. And how am I landing? Because you, you, Again, you framed it with an outcome and how I wanna feel and what this means to me. It all is so deep where that all is coming from. Mm -hmm. I wanna throw the chips on the table and, and 
making myself vulnerable and saying, I, yeah, I have this outcome I want to achieve. It means something to me. Why it means something to you? Different story it could be, you know, whether it's validation, whether it's a part of your deeper purpose, whether it's a bet, doesn't matter. But I care. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to know I care. What if you encounter people like who have different values than you? Like, can you still be friends with them? I know that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're laughing at me, but no, no. sometimes it's really laugh. hard because you could spend mm-hmm. time with someone. I have friends who like, I can't not be around them because I never know what they're going to say or do. And their values are completely different than Mm -hmm. mine. And we often butt heads because what I would choose for us to do is totally different than what they would choose. And often we'll be at odds with what we should be doing. And I like, I love this person, these people as friends. And I'm just trying to figure all that out because our values are really different. And I don't want to not spend time with but these people. But that's the beauty of mm-hmm. life right there. Yeah. You just defined what living in our society is. If we we're all the same, it would be pretty boring. But the fact that people have different values and different narrative and different stories and different backgrounds, that's what makes them them and makes us recognize the nuances of the beauty of human interaction. Like mm-hmm. if they, if I'm only around people that agree with me and like, yeah, right. all think the same. Everybody has different values than you. There's only one you and your value system might match up significantly with a bunch of people, but it's not exactly the same. So if you just look at it like nobody's values are exactly like mine, mm-hmm. everybody's are different. And we learn about our own values from the differences in someone else's values too. So you can get clearer on your own, which probably has happened maybe. Yeah, it does. You get and so clear just by not. But it, it often feels like, there's like a right or a wrong mm-hmm. or something. Totally. And I think part of this is like unlearning or, or teaching myself and everybody knowing that there's not like a right or a wrong value, I guess, as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're just different. Like, for example, I think maybe I, t- I don't know if I told you this, Rich, but my one of my close friends is German and we went to college together. And she said that this was in Oregon. She was like an NCAA champion, like excellent athlete, excellent. And she was the only German person in our whole community. And she had eccentricities to her choices and the way she did things. (laughs) And she said she felt completely free because everybody just assumed it was because she was German. They're like, it's because it must be a German (laughs) thing. Like she doesn't like she puts, you know, this with peanut butter because she's German, <laughs> it must be German. And she said she was basically free to have whatever values she wanted because they were like, it must be a German thing. And she said that that's actually unique all across Europe because there's so many countries that are touching each other and they interact way more than like an American might interact like direct. There's just a lot more um, fluidity there. Mm-hmm. And so there's, she said there's a lot more openness there because people just assume if someone's different, it might be cultural it might be. And here she said what she experienced was that besides her in the United States, there was a lot of judgment on most people based on their values because they couldn't be like, they're just German. And um, I don't know why I brought that up in this goal setting conversation, uh, (laughs) but it felt like interesting to say. I don't know. I'm just saying we need, I'm trying to learn how to be around people with different values because I've been in these 
training groups for so long where everybody has mm. the same values. I think that's what it is. And mm. now I moved to LA and everybody is a complete different person. And I love it here and I love running here and I love running with people with different values, but it has been an adjustment. Yeah, I mean, we've come out of bubbles, right? We lived in such a compartmentalized <laughs> oh bubble yeah. for so it's long. wild to think about actually. That, I mean, for me, it's a lot further removed than <laughs> yeah. you guys. But, but it feels so real. But so, I, I, yeah. I remember, I, I can, what do you mean you don't think like that? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. My, my head would yeah. start getting it's a little- It's like that group yeah. thing like, too, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. on my, on at Florida, it's like, it's it's such a pack. It's yeah. like, you, everyone's the same. It's so and safe. When yes. You, yes, it's so, it's safe. so safe. And then when you, you know, move on out into the world and you have this new um, permission or freedom to think how I want to think and do what I want to do. It's like you're grasping onto these routines or these things that you did all the time that were so familiar to you. And so it's like carving a new meaning into everything that you do all over again. At least that was my experience. Which is experience. the flip side of the athlete self that we're talking about, right? Like with right. the alter ego, we lived that. And then all of a sudden we had to allow all these other versions of ourselves to start and coming online. Yeah. And for all our life, we're like, I'm defined as an athlete. Yeah. I'm defined as and, this, and now- And those wait. other areas are, are well, generally underdeveloped. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I was listening to <laughs> yeah. a podcast. I don't remember which one it was. And I, I think I, I just posted about this too, but Lenny Kravitz said, you know, every avenue plays into one another. And it was so simple, but it, maybe it was the way he said it. And it was like super swanky and whatever, but I was like- And it's Lenny Kravitz. That is, ex yeah, it's Lenny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. But he was talking about his home that he has built that is just beautiful and, and whatever. And it was- so eye-opening to me that everything can be connected to, you know, like our identities can all have this meaning that can be connected to one another and they can all come together and they can all serve a purpose. Yes, you can compartmentalize them for the job that needs to get done or whatever you need to do, but we really are, like you were saying, this whole person, this whole experience that all converges together that actually if you really pause again and look at it, the values all play into every part of your life and they can all come into alignment. It is possible. You don't have to be so strict with that bubble and, and not have anything else that could possibly be joyful or that you could experience or have. Um, I could go on yeah. about that. My kids are so tired of me saying, you know, watching that movie Inside Out, because I love that depiction yes. oh, right. of all those yeah. little characters yes. that play out <laughs> a role. And my kids are like, no, we're not watching it again. I'm like, no, actually that can help you're us like, in this situation you're struggling with. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, but, <laughs> but, it's, but that's so true. And they now, come online, you. and but all our lives, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? We've been keeping those other characters like not, not needed right now, not needed. <laughs> you're right. offline, right. go to sleep. Just athlete and a few others that help along are online right mm -hmm. now, but the rest of the, but yeah, they're all there at all times. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean you're a hot mess or anything like that. Cause I've, I've had the same feelings like, oh, but I wanna do this and I wanna do this. And I have all these things. It's like, but they're, they can all work together. You can use your values for all of them at, at the specific time you wanna use them, whether it's being an artist or running a business or swimming or, you know, going, doing this. It's like, they can all work. And I think we, we are so quick to trap ourselves when we goal set or when we wanna create some sort of, exciting thing in our life to be like, well, uh, 
it has to just be this one thing and I have to be so zoned in and there's mm. nothing else that I can possibly do. Mm. Um, and have we answered us. anything? No, I know this is the thing like, me. yeah, like I don't know where we're headed. I, I do wanna say to kind of bring it back to the showing up thing. I think there are moments where just showing up is a fine thing. Like it sits on a spectrum, right? Obviously mm. you wanna show up with, all of your intentionality and to indulge that ritual with you know the highest level of attention and all of that. But some days, if faced with the choice of like not going at all or just showing up, like yeah. showing up, you show up. You show up, you're there. Maybe it's rough and you don't wanna be there, but then within the first 15 minutes, you're warming up yeah. and then you can set that intention and you can create something productive out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think it has its place, but it's like the floor, not the ceiling, right? It shouldn't be yeah. the thing that we're putting all of, our, all of our attention on. I couldn't agree more because like, if you like are having a mental health struggle and you need to just be doing the actions that will eventually lead to the thoughts and then to the feelings, all you can expect of yourself is to show up and do the actions and suspend the thoughtfulness because your thoughts are not on your side sometimes. And I think sometimes we have to ignore our thoughts or see them as kind of a, a crying child in the grocery store. Like this is just the visual mm -hmm. I've always had of you have to sometimes, I think, mindlessly show up to the task. But of course, like Rich, you said the the North Star would be to be able to be mindful and have everything aligned. That is the North Star. But if somebody's unable to really be in that euphoric, that ritual state, I think routine can be the way to ritual as well. Um, and sometimes it has to be, like we have to just start putting that foot in front of the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, infrastructure is different to me because um, I, I call that more infrastructure. Like, okay, I know on Tuesdays I have a swim, right? And I'm, you know, I might not show up with the intention and all that higher purpose that I usually do, but today I just showed up. But even that back to awareness, even that moment of saying, okay, let me just reset, what do I wanna get out of this? I'm here. That already, you just gave yourself an opportunity to improve so much more and not even improve versus in a comparison aspect, but you're gonna feel better about yourself and about your growth and about your potential because you recognize that moment. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know what, I'm here, okay. All right, without looking at all the equipment or out thinking about who's at the workout today or who's at the pool and who I'm gonna have to swim against. Um, it's about, all right, what do I wanna get out of today? And then going, all right, you know what? And that joy, that dopamine hit of completely successfully having done that is so powerful because it opens up the mind and creativity for the rest of the workout for you to overachieve on what you had shown up with in the first mm -hmm. place. And that creates the momentum mm -hmm. into the new year. You're Maybe basically just asking yourself to try your best, not be the best. Correct. And sometimes yes. all we can do is just show up and try our best. And maybe it's giving 100% of like a not completely present person, but you're still trying your best. No. But I also tie that into, and I agree with you, but I also tie that into, and I don't know if we talked about this last time that, there's times when you just can't even make it to the pool or the gym or so forth that you forgive yourself and mm -hmm. say, okay, now I'm at, I'm stuck at work. 
But you know what? I'm not just gonna stand here and go through the motions. I'm stuck here at work. I'm gonna give it, do my best here. Because if I can't go swim or if I can't go run or if I can't go to the gym, I might as well make this work so that I'm fully present in this intentionality of executing what I'm currently doing present in the moment. So that again, I get that satisfaction of, Mm -hmm. okay, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do, but I made it count instead. Yeah. That's an important one. I, you know, I know that I find myself like if I'm in a work thing and I'm like I should be working out or if I'm working out I'm like I should be at work right yeah. now. I'm Wherever I am, you, I'm, I'm thinking about like How did you swim today? Yeah, I, I'm thinking about like the other place that I'm judging myself against not measuring up in some other bucket, you know, mm-hmm. while I'm doing rather than being like fully present for the thing that I'm doing. So totally. Real, you know? yeah. Totally. And and that will that I think that begins to dissolve when we do see ourselves as like not the octopus, but as like everything is in the same value direction, um, where like, well, at that moment, even if your value was to like stay fit and you're at work, you know that you had committed prior to being someone who works and tries to work out. And right now um, you're working more than you anticipated, but it's like, it is still you doing it. And I think to your question earlier about like, how do you, negotiate the future self Mm -hmm. with the present self. I think we should always, or should is out of my vocabulary. We might always consider doing something now that our later self will know why this all happened. So like if we have an injury and we can't go to a particular competition, or if we are at work and we can't work out to make the most of that situation, like you said, and therefore our later self will know why that whole hurdle happened in the first place. Yeah. Basically, we are always, our mindset is that we will always win. Yeah. Or that's how I think about it is like, mm-hmm. I will always win this. And I know that's mm-hmm. maybe not the right word to use, but always figure out a way why this happened. And, and I yeah. call forgiving. I mean, I mean, for me, that's what <laughs> I'm like winning is. and you're like forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> because forgiving takes the judgment out of it. And to me, mm-hmm. judgment is ego. And ego is just self-interest. It's like this annoying voice. It's one of the people in the Inside Out movie um, that you know that just wants to bicker and throw in like this ego component with judgment. And it's like there's no reason for it. I, it's fine. Life gets in the way. That's why working out or training or a beautiful long run, you have like these awe-inspiring moments or all this positive energy flowing through you, why? Because you know what it could be like when you missed it. Mm. And if you didn't miss it, it would just be routine again, running every day. So, but because yeah. you have those highs and lows, exactly. because you're there's days you're a one or not a one, hopefully, but like a two or a three. And then there's other days you're a seven or eight right. or even a nine, that fluctuation, that's where it's like, okay, that this is fun yeah. because I understand what a two is. Maybe then we need to think about these unexpected life getting in the way things like the weather where mm-hmm. like you wouldn't get mad like really deeply personally if it just started snowing and you couldn't do your workout or whatever. So maybe we need to like think about them less personally and a little bit more like natural. Yeah. yeah. No, but we feel point. like we have some level of control over right. those things. Yeah. And right. so when we don't exercise that control effectively, then it We're leads mad. to that self-judgment. But I think the the... You said something a minute ago, Alexi, that I think is really great, which is this idea of 
the present self being in a negotiation with the future self. And that's really all this is. Like, if you think of it, like we're constantly negotiating with our future self. So it's not about like, Mm -hmm. am I moving towards my goal? It's, well, what does the negotiation look like today? Like Mm -hmm. maybe my future self has a little bit of a stronger position today. Mm -hmm. And on other days, you know, things tip towards the present self being in a place of, manipulating the future self, you know, like, I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. And that tension of back and forth is potential Mm -hmm. because the present self knows it can get in some way, like you said, deep down inside, it knows in some way it can get to the future self. Mm. It's just that that path might be bumpy. Do you think that's why we take so many pictures? Because we want like our future self to be like, see, like it, this is why we did it. Like, you know, so like if you're, <laughs> is that why we take pictures? <laughs> like, it is, in is many that why ways. I'm taking so many yeah. pictures? Yeah. I mean, hey, that's what pictures, are, that's what they do. You know, they do, they, they negotiate, like you're thinking yeah. about the future. But that also brings up I a good so. point that we talk about for New Year's is that it's also important in that exercise to look back. Yeah. to see where you came from this mm-hmm. year and how you grew, because it does give you when you sort of have a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. to sort of more like, you know what? I did accomplish a lot this last year. And although there's a pandemic and although all these things and all the no's I didn't or mm-hmm. I can't, mm-hmm. you once again, you go through that as you're sort of working through, well, what will next year bring? We don't have control over that or answers to that, but we can sort of see, wow, all those things happened last year. Well, let me dream, let me hope, let me potential forward. And when we do look back, we have to know that that person who made those decisions at that time was trying their best. Acceptance Like, Yeah, like we have to adore our past selves, not resent our past selves, because I think we are all try harders. If we're sitting here at this table or listening, we're probably people who want to try our best, I think. And so when we look back, I think we have to have the kindness to know that that person is different than me mm-hmm. and she or he or who they are trying their best. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important. Same as you want your future self to forgive you for, or be gentle with you on that <laughs> present self, that present self is was once your future self mm-hmm. for your past self. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, well, we got to land this plane, but let's let's bring it back to a way of like really crystallizing this process. I mean, Chris, you talk about starting with the North Star, which is this idea of the why and, you know, built into that is this inquiry around, you know, your values and this person that you want to become. That with clarity there, then you attune to the plan, right? Yeah. Like what is the process, like the tactics and the strategies and the day-to-day or not the day-to-day, right? Like just the overall structure of the whole thing. And then you show up in the moment with intention when you approach those daily actions. Yeah, I, I see purpose and deeper why and you know that North Star as far out there. And you're looking over landscape and terrain on how to get there. Yeah. That's the clarity, that's the plan, that's sort of the map. 
to get you to topography. And that sort of has the workouts, the, you know, all the things along the way, whether it's in a career path or it's in a athletic path or in a personal path, sort of how to get there. It's not a rigid line. It can't be a rigid line because then there's failures along the way, which is why I don't use goals because if you miss them, it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. It's a, but you're heading in the right direction. And then the baby steps in that direction are intentions on how I show up every day. And ever so gently, I'm moving towards that way off North Star. Mm -hmm. So part of what I say with that is that once you set your purpose and deeper why and North Star, that energy that you feel like I have, I'm capable of that because that's why I wrote it down. That's why I went through the process. That's why I have this excitement around it. That's potential. That is that energy of Mm -hmm. potential. And that creates that path for you because now you're excited to figure out, hopefully excited to figure out how to get there, start heading down that path towards that North Star. And then it trickles into daily intentions. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Caroline broke out the whiteboard, so I don't know what's (laughs) happening. This is gonna be so wild. (laughs) What you got going over there? This is potential. She's got that good teacher handwriting oh, look that you at can that. barely yeah, that's read. Pretty. But what, you know what I mean? What's this before the star? Those are goals and objectives along the way to validate that you're on the path towards your North Star. And that's the important thing too, to not overlook that you can't shift the goalposts on those objectives and goals. You A lot a of- visual. Could you yeah, translate all the She's holding it up to the though? camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's this one? That's the why. So with you the start squiggly there. line to the plan. The plan. And potential is the intentions as as you're heading towards those goals, because the potential the returns back into the, the lower plan. Right. And that's because the, south your, the north star. The, the north star is in the southeast <laughs> corner. Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like we do things backwards around yeah. here. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but a lot of people shift the goalposts once they're on a path. And that's the other thing too, that brings in that judgment piece where it's like, well, now that I'm going to, well, now I wanna achieve this. You have to celebrate the wins along the way in order to see how you're actualizing that sort of clear path. Because I find this all the time that once athletes, once people start moving along the path towards their goals, they're like, well, well, now that I'm doing this, I should be able to achieve this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're shifting the goalposts. And it's like, no, 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 no. Wait, let's first celebrate that one really effectively. Let's get that win. And then let's take that downtime after, yeah. breathe, exhale, recalibrate, look at our values. Cause my values sure have changed over the last few years, over the last decades. And then look at the next goalpost that you were considering but is that still there post win, post mm-hmm. insights, post learning and value mm-hmm. alignment? So instead of rest and relaxation, which is also important, we have relishing and recovering in between these big peaks. And the relishing sounds like something in your experience, and I think in all of ours, that you have to build in as like a conscious thing. We're not For just sure. Yeah. We're not just gonna give ourselves those little joys. I think know? that's part of also not being reactive in your goal setting. I know Chris doesn't like that word, but in whatever intentions you're yeah. setting for yourself, because um, with the accomplishment or progress or growth that has occurred, that's gonna affect your values. It's gonna affect where you wanna invest that energy. And I think you need to pause to really ponder that 
and figure out how to then use that elevated self in the best way. So an example would be, you know, my goal was to qualify for the Kona Ironman. Okay, mm-hmm. so you you do that, and you you're there, and you have a good race. And if you don't pause and reflect upon how perhaps you have grown and changed as a result of that journey, you might just set the goal of like, well, I'm gonna come back next year and be five minutes faster and five minutes faster. And you'll spend the next 10 years just getting incrementally faster at triathlon when maybe this new person who sees potential differently and has a sense of, you know, agency that maybe they didn't have before could invest that in something else in their life that needs development mm-hmm. or might excite them that has nothing to do with the goal that they have just achieved. Yes. Well, and with with endurance athletes, it's there's a compulsion to like sign up for the next race right. like before mm-hmm. we've even run one or like or raced one or or whatever type of endurance you're doing. And I think that was something that I had to I had to stop myself because when I knew I wasn't race racing New York hard, I was like, sign me up for Boston. I need a narrative for myself and the world about what's mm-hmm. happening next. And that has been my MO for so many years because we're so used to these, just mm-hmm. putting it out there. And I think what you're saying is before you sign up for the next goal, recalibrate or yeah. check in on these values to see, is that the appropriate goal? Which mm-hmm. brings us full circle to what you said in the beginning, that if we don't do that, we might chase the wrong goal. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I mean, important there is what you were saying, check in, but that's where I would also like, and, and I always encourage my athletes, well, check in with your family. Mm-hmm. How did you, how'd you do? How was that journey with them? Because you need them and their support to continue this endurance endeavor. Mm-hmm big time. It just doesn't work without them being a part of it or at least being heard or knowing that, you know what? I didn't burn any bridges. Signing up for the next event without checking in with them turns it into, uh uh-oh, why is uh, dad doing uh, 10 hours of yard work? He must've signed up for another race (laughs) and he feels guilty or something like that, right? um, And so those are things that are important with that. Like how did I do on my, let's say athlete mission statement up until now, did I stick to the values and the things that were important to me? Did I compromise anything? And how can I do this better next time while still enjoying myself and achieving these amazing outcomes that I was looking Mm -hmm. for? Mm. All right, you guys. To the Let's new year. Cheers. Yeah. Final <laughs> thoughts, wrap up. Mm. I just think this is an important conversation because I personally think a lot of people don't know where to start with it. So hopefully we can have addressed some questions, if if any. And there's no perfect way, I think, is what I took from this. There's no one one size fits all. Everyone has a different way of setting goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had I had like a little epiphany recently about goal chasing that I, I will share because I think it would have been nice to know like mm-hmm. 10 years ago or something, which is that I feel like we can fixate. Look, we've been through this. You could fixate on the goal itself mm-hmm. and it's hard to be told, enjoy the journey. I, it just, those platitudes never spoke to me. Like if anyone said anything <laughs> that I felt was a platitude, I was, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was recently, um, I'll admit it. I auditioned for SNL and I, uh, in the process, um, it was a goal of mine ever since I was young um, because I love that stuff. And I had the most fun I've ever had in my life putting together my audition. You know, I did mm-hmm. that. 
And I would go to bed every night really so happy and then so sad because I wanted it to last forever. Like I wanted to get it so that I could do that forever. And I was sad that I might not be able to do something that made me so happy forever. Mm. And I was really, I had this epiphany then where I was like, wait a minute, whether I get the goal or not, the goal that it was not up to me, some, you know, it's not up to me. Sometimes these goals are not up to us. Um, the steps that I'm taking along mm. the way are the same. Like I was pursuing it with integrity. I was trying my best. I was in it as if the same, if you get it or not. And I realized that when we're chasing a dream, if we are pursuing it fully committed or ritualizing it, all the words, um, you are in the dream while you are chasing it. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we think that we are only getting the dream once we actually get it. But most of the time is that lead up and we should allow ourselves to really enjoy the process. And, and again, if someone said, enjoy the journey, I would have been like, that's not, means nothing to me. But I, once I realized that every day I was showing up to put that audition together um, and I didn't get it, like I might keep trying. Some people don't get it the first time, but it doesn't matter because I was so happy in that process of fully mm -hmm. committing and doing it. Um, and I want to pursue my goals moving forward like that instead of the person who's obsessing over the only the result. Mm -hmm. um, and so I hope that helps anyone who like felt similarly skeptical about that mm -hmm. uh, yeah. thing. Does that there, make any there, sense? Yeah, there's that quote of, um, it's not a question of the outcome of the goal, it's who you become in the process of giving it all you have mm -hmm. in order to get the goal. Mm -hmm. right? So that's sort of a, a way of saying it's about the journey, which you also yeah. sort of said. Yeah, but, you're, you're definitely you're, saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I am saying it, but I'm saying if you if you don't resonate with one yeah. um, platitude, like some people, yeah. if it doesn't resonate with you, it might never resonate in those words. Like maybe you heard it from the wrong person, like your second grade teacher and you didn't like that person. But if you try and find other ways into, these platitudes are real and they have meaning, but sometimes those words are a blur because you've yeah. heard them from the wrong yeah. people. You've heard them too many times or you've mm -hmm. seen them on Instagram. And there's always another way to look at a platitude that hopefully makes it true for you. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if one doesn't resonate with you, we can find another way in. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. I believe in it, enjoy the journey, but I needed to like learn it in a different way, I think. Or just visualize it too. No yeah. words needed. <laughs> at yeah. least that's my, I mean, I agree different ways. You know, for me, um, it's what I've been saying, it's who do you wanna be? And I think it's a daily exercise, it's a monthly exercise, it's a yearly exercise that you can go short-term, long-term because it's just a constant reminder of what my actions are in this current moment. Who do I wanna be? Who do I wanna be when I walk out that door today? Who do I wanna be when I show up at this workout today? Who do I wanna be in April when spring happens? Mm -hmm. Who do I wanna be this summer for these events I signed up for? Who do I wanna be in for my kids? Who do I want, who do I want to be? And be with a capital B-E, which you guys saw me write, write you guys about, because being is acting, it's an action, being. And so that's sort of, you're constantly thinking, or this is what I believe in and I do and I try to uh, every day is who do I wanna be? Who did I wanna be coming to talk to you today, mm -hmm. right? And although it's constantly that awareness of reflecting for a moment of what do I wanna do now? Mm -hmm. And I believe that so many, 
things can be answered for anybody if they take a moment and ask, who do I wanna be when I do this presentation, when I take this action, when I come home from work tonight, when I go to the gym today. I now understand the difference between asking yourself, who am I and who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it until just now, which is the who I want to, who do I want to be? Gives yourself the generosity of believing there is potential there. Whereas who am I can be a really hard question, oh, yeah. right? It's a dense one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, that's good. And, and I, is stagnant, right? And yeah. who am yeah. I? It's stagnant, mm-hmm. but it's also, uh, and I've said this many times before, it's it's an illusion in its stagnancy because the truth is we're always moving closer or further away from that person we aspire to be. Every action that we take is a function of, you know, moving us along that spectrum, right? So when you think of it in those terms, instead of this is who I am and I'm stuck here and I'll always be this person, um, understand that you're always in flux. And Mm -hmm. so I think that helps like liberate you into this idea of free will around these things Mm -hmm. and allows a little bit of space for that notion of potential to creep in. Mm -hmm. Cocooned, boom, butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. So for all the people well, that sorry. tuned in thinking we're gonna say, here's how you set your goal and here's how you yeah. put it on the sure kid. Do that. Make sure you sign up for a race the day yeah. after you finish that race. Like, oh. <laughs> sorry to all you people, but there are plenty of other podcasts out there that will explain all of that, which you probably already all know already. Yeah. And that doesn't need to be affirmed. So hopefully we had, albeit a very esoteric conversation, one that will maybe help you think a little bit more deeply about uh, these, things that we all tend to ruminate on at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. Love cool. it. All right, you guys, how this do you feel? Fun. Feel like you're gonna sign up for a race? No. <laughs> no, actually. That's the but, thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, I decided literally- I'm actually just I'm great not, as I am right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not signing up for one, like a major, major one until I'm ready to run. Like I'm doing yeah. like the speed project, but that doesn't feel like a major marathon. But I'm gonna wait till the fitness, till things come to me. If yeah, I'm on the self curated do... adventures path. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a rim lot. Rim the rim, the rim. Yeah. Oh, you're you know, doing those ones? Yeah, and I wanna stuff. do When that is that? Stuff. It's not whenever. Oh, but I mean, <laughs> whenever are you doing it in the I curate to go, um, we're probably gonna do it in the winter cold. in February. Oh, dang. Wow. Wait, who's what wait, a who's daredevil. Wait? My better half and I, Emily. You're, you're gonna daredevil. do it together with support? No. Oh, wow. You didn't want us to come? Um, you I was just gonna say, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. It we're, going, we're going we'll fully zen. Yeah, we'll do our own. It's fine. We'll see you Do you think there. that you'll do any like- <laughs> Wave at you from a I'm working on an idea or two. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we're always down for an adventure. We'll you gotta be same. careful on these podcasts yeah, when, you, when you say something. Yeah, I've learned enough. All right, well, to be continued, this edition of Coach's Corner. You were still recording. Yeah, we're recording. We're still going. Keep that part. Um, (laughs) uh, Why doesn't everybody sign off with where they want people to, if they want to, people want to find out more about you, where should they go? My Instagram is Alexi Pappas, A-L-E-X-I-P-A-P-P-A-S, like potatoes in Spanish with an extra P. Oh, wow. (laughs) There you go. That's a good one. Um, (laughs) I don't have as exciting of a a description, but Caro Burkle, C-A-R-O-B-U-R-C-K-L-E is my Instagram. Oh. Do I use Instagram? I you do. Use you do. But I barely use it anymore. You know, people should go to your website. I'm sure yeah. there's a bunch of people Aim who are going to want you to coach them now. AIMPcoaching.com, which stands for 
um, advancing the integration of mindset oh. on performance. Let's go. Oh, there you That's go. A so good you didn't even one. have to change the acronym. No, or no, but you guys caught me off guard because I, I was just thinking as I was you. saying, you're staring at me because I said I don't do Instagram and it's like these eyes. I'm like, well, what is my you Instagram? Do I think it's like aim coach. Aim coach. Do you tweet? <laughs> no, I don't tweet. Right. We're officially right, off we're the rails, so this is ending now. <laughs> and now I'm a movie star. I was gonna be like singing on this thing. You know what I mean? Like, we keep going, please. <laughs> no, 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 it's a singer. Like, oh, okay. we'll record this one to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure you've done that before, right? This is an I amazing setup. <laughs> That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links and resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at richroll.com where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as podcast merch, my books, Finding Ultra, Voicing Change in the Plant Power Way, as well as the Plant Power Meal Planner at meals.richroll.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube, and leave a review and or comment. Supporting the sponsors who support the show is also important and appreciated. And sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media is, of course, awesome and very helpful. And finally, for podcast updates, special offers on books, The Meal Planner, and other subjects, please subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on the footer of any page at richroll.com. Today's show was produced and engineered by Jason Camiolo with additional audio engineering by Kale Curtis. The video edition of the podcast was created by Blake Curtis with assistance by our creative director, Dan Drake. Portraits by Davey Greenberg, graphic and social media assets courtesy of Daniel Solis, Dan Drake, and AJ Akpodiete. Thank you, Georgia Whaley, for copywriting and website management. And of course, our theme music was created by Tyler Pyatt, Trapper Pyatt, and Harry Mathis. Appreciate the love, love the support. See you back here soon. Peace. Plants. Plants.